Mitch Unfiltered, episode 213, Hot Shot Scott. Oh, I could have done homework and figured out where 213 is. Oh, it sounds kind of familiar. All right, let's play a little game. Let's see how good you really are. You oh, ready? Who thought I was any good? 213 is, of course, L.A. Yeah, that's why it's Hollywood. There you go, yeah. And the Sunset Strip. Uh, Huey Lewis and the uh, neon lights. And come on, come on. I want the girl. next line. L.A., Hollywood, and, and the, the Sunset, Sunset Strip. strip. Dun, 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 dun. Is something everyone One should see. see. Now go ahead. Go. Neon lights and the pretty, pretty girls. Keep going. All dressed so somethingly. Scantily. Scantily. Come on. When they play the music. The, yes. The, the, the hard rock hard music. Hard rocking music. The, yes. They do it with a little style. No, no. <laughs> Is that Huey Lewis, by the yes. way? They like it with a lot of flash. Oh, they do. Okay. But it's still the same <laughs> old backbeat rhythm that really, really really kicks him in the they say the harder rock and roll isn't beaten and from what i've seen i believe him now the old boy may barely beating but the harder rock and roll there you go there you go and why are we singing i don't know why we're singing see i have kind of a there's kind of a some what is it called something spot with huey lewis uh like a soft spot no no the opposite where i i'm not you don't like him I like him. It's just I'm not a huge blind, a blind spot. spot. That's what I was a looking blind for. Spot. I have a bit of a bl- blind spot with Huey Lewis. Blind spot. Even though I know like just about every lyric to every. They, they were so popular. How could you not? So L.A., Hollywood, and the Sunset Strip. 213. Gotcha. And the reason why we're singing is for a few reasons. A, the Seahawks win. Unreal. Keep winning. Here we go. B, the Huskies win. Yes. Seventh game, I think, the seventh win of their season. C... The Cougars win. D, the Kraken keep winning. People are actually asking for Mr. Playoffs <laughs> for the Kraken, and they're going to get it on this episode. Really? Of, oh, yeah, episode 213, Mr. Playoffs has both the NFL and the Kraken. Woo! Yes. Big time. The only person or team that didn't win, Mitch Levy did not win the $1.6 billion oh. on Saturday night. Do we need to do a, a Mr. Playoffs for I'm, that to see what happened? I'm snake bitten. <laughs> I've lost the last three in a row. I've played the oh, last God. three. Wednesday, I think it was Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. I played all three, and I'll have you know, yeah. I went 0 for 3. I didn't win the grand prize in any one of the three. Oh, what kind of I luck is that? I can't get out of my own way. <laughs> no kidding, man. I, <laughs> I even picked my own numbers this last time around on Saturday night. Oh, you know how to do that. I'm surprised. That doesn't sound like something you'd know how to do. I did. Well, I asked. <laughs> of course you did. She said, see the form? Yeah, right. See the little pencils that come with yep. the form? Since, Fill out your numbers. Since 1984, we've been doing it that way. I sir. don't know what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> yeah, you need to analyze it a little more. See, but what I do is I jump in and I play lotto for $2.5 because everyone else is off playing the Powerball. But I sneak right in and grab that lotto that jackpot. no sense. Because that's just good math right there. That makes absolutely that's just no good statistic. math. I, I, I think Mr. Playoffs <laughs> needs to help you with that, too. I come, I go and I... I, I no, that doesn't I make any kind of sense. Because no one's playing. Did you play for the $1.6 billion? I would have. I just forgot. But... You have good news. I do have good news. You have really good news. I do. Yes. On the day that this is being released... Yep. There'll be another drawing because there was no winner of the $1.6 billion. So I didn't win, yep. nor did anyone else. Correct. Now, I can't believe I'm going to go 0 for 4. I'll try again tonight. 
Which, by the way, it's 1.9 now. Oh, my God. That's going to be $2 billion at some point. $2 billion jackpot. The lump sum for the 1.6 on Saturday was $782 million. $782, I believe, $0.4 million. That seems a little light. That was light. the lump sum, yeah. if you want to take it that way. That seems light. If you're a guy of your caliber... <laughs> What caliber is that? Well, who plans to live into well into your hundreds. Oh, I do, yes. Well, at least for the next 30 some odd years, you could take the annuity and get the full 1.6, or in this case now, $1.9 billion. What's the annuity, 20 years? I don't know. I think it's 30. 30, Maybe 30 years? I'm always of the, I don't even pay attention to that because as far as I'm concerned, it's just a matter of days before I'm... So uh, yes, you are. So I, I got to take the lump sum. I I might not even live long enough to take the lump sum. <laughs> by the time you get from here to Olympia, something might happen. It's terrible, <laughs> terrible to live the way I live. Yeah, that's right. Just but, feel like it's a, it's going to end any any moment now. But you've probably felt that way at like twenty eight. 18. Yeah, 18. Okay, good. Yes. <laughs> so are you in for the next 1.9? You have to be, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just I just feel like I'm on a four-game losing streak, and I don't mm. know what to do. I, I got to change things up yeah, or something. I don't know. Up. What numbers do you play? Do you want to tell everyone, or is it something special? Well, I, I normally just get quick picks, but I told I told one of the guys, Danny or Slickhawk, that I'm done doing just the quick picks. I got to play my numbers. We all have numbers. Yeah. In the old days before there were quick picks, you did fill it out, like yep. Lotto. I don't know. What do they call the thing? Kino in Vegas where you sit around Kino, and yeah. the coffee shop. Do they still have oh, that? Oh, they have it everywhere. And yeah. you look up on the closed circuit TV. And yeah, they do yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. You used to play your numbers. Yeah. And then somewhere along the line, somebody decided, let's make it really easy and have people come into gas stations and just say, give me 10 tickets. Yeah. And they pick the numbers for you. And, and it went away playing. I mean, I thought that the whole thing was playing your numbers. I mean, I, that's the way I always viewed it years ago. What are the odds that not only you're going to win, but, you, but your six numbers will be your family's birthday birth years? Or what, what are the odds that that just seems more far-fetched? No, it's not more far-fetched. <laughs> it's exactly the same. It's exactly I get it. the same. It just feels more far-fetched. Well, I'll have you know, maybe this is too much information. I'll have you know that on Friday, my wife and I were out for lunch, and I said, you know, I've got to pick up tickets for tomorrow's $1.6 billion lottery. That mm-hmm. was on Friday. So we stopped at the gas station. I needed gas. And I went in and I played my favorite numbers. Or I played my numbers. Yeah. And I came out and she said, and I don't want to get too much away. She said, what numbers did you play? And I said, I played your birthday, my birthday, Max's birthday, Brett's birthday, mm-hmm. our anniversary. And then I needed a Powerball number. Oh, boy. What do you do? And now? I ran out of numbers. <laughs> And so I played Dan Marino 13. <laughs> and she said, what's wrong with you? Yeah. I said, what do you mean? She says, you have, you have enough numbers. You forgot one. And I said, what did I forget? Misty's birthday. Oh, God. So we then proceeded <laughs> yeah. to sit in the gas station for a few minutes, like debating, should I go back in? I mean, what happens yeah. now? Oh, yeah, you have to okay, now. Okay, what, what happens yeah. now? Misty's, Misty's if, birthday. If yeah. five out of the six and Marino doesn't yep. come through, yep. but Misty's birthday, and we would have won the 1.6 million. You have to now, yeah. We didn't go back. Another, I really? didn't go back. No. You rolled the I dice. Rolled, I totally rolled You the like dice. to live dangerously, do you? I live dangerously, man. This is a story for other stuff, but I just while we're talking about the lottery, did you yes. see a lottery winner in China put on a mascot costume to claim his $30 
million dollar jackpot in order to keep his wife and children from finding out about the prize. <laughs> He's standing there with the big check. He's dressed oh. like a cartoon character. He spent eleven dollars to buy forty tickets. He won like something like three hundred. He, he to collect his prize. He yes. said, "I have not told my wife or children. I am concerned that they might feel superior to other people <laughs> and will not work or study hard in the future." Right, you that's know, the reason. Okay, you buddy. know he's wearing a he's wearing a disguise to try to not tell his wife and children. Yeah, I'd be wearing the disguise more concerned with the guy with guns down the street. Oh yeah, right. I mean, right. And all your I, I don't think I'd be worried about my wife and children. There'd be other people that I'd be worried. Yes, about. they would be pretty far yes. down on the list. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, Mitch Unfiltered is available on all major podcast platforms. Rate and review us on the Apple Podcast page, please. It really helps. You can become a Mitch Unfiltered patron for $5 a month and have access to all the bonus shows. By the way, the schedule during football season is chock full of content. Mm. If you like the short, like 25, 30 minute shows, yeah. Thursday morning, we release two shows, the Peace Show with Danny O'Neill around the NFL with former GM Randy Mueller. And then on Friday, we release two more shows, Seahawks No Table to preview the upcoming Seahawks game and the Shoot and the Shit Show with Slickhawk. We now have brought back the full-fledged Mr. Playoffs. Oh, wow. Where I go through all the statistical analysis and the tale of the tape for the upcoming Seahawks game. We do that now every week with Slickhawk on the Shoot and the Shit show that is released on Friday. So now, Mitch Unfiltered during football season, five shows a week. The Ooh. Monday free show, two shows on Thursday, Two shows on Friday, five shows a week. If you're a patron at $5 a month, you have access to all of it. $5 a month. Go to MitchUnfiltered.com to become a patron. A guy who works that hard deserves the $1.9 billion. I mean, I'm, I'm with you now. I, I think I it's yours. I just don't know what I'm doing wrong the last yeah, couple yeah, of weeks. I don't either. Uh, if the $5 is problematic, as I always like to say, if you'd like to be a Mitch Unfiltered patron, the idea was not to price anybody out of the market. Mm-hmm. If the $5 is uh, is, a, is an issue for you and you really would like to be and it's really an issue, then just uh, email me, Mitch at MitchUnfiltered.com, and I'll take care of you. And yes, the answer to your next question is yes. If I win the $1.9 billion, yeah. patron shows on the house for the rest of the year. <laughs> rest of the year, at least. For the rest of the year, <laughs> okay. patron shows on the house. I can't <laughs> promise you 2023. Yeah, right. But patron shows all on me if I win the $1.9 billion. But I want to make it clear because I'm now going out on a limb here. If I happen to share it with somebody else like in Nebraska who has the same ticket and I only won, I only win $950 million yeah. instead of the $1.9 billion, uh -huh. patron shows on me through the end of November. Oh, okay, that's good. Nice. <laughs> Maybe even a price hike at some point just to make sure you keep the lights on. I mean, honestly, like if you won the $1.9, would 1 .9 you, you would keep doing this. The podcast. Absolutely. You would. Okay. Yeah. I might change the, the way it works. Okay. Give the sponsors, the sponsorships for free and yeah. do all. I mean, okay. I don't know. I don't know that I would ask anybody for money. I would take down the, the unfiltered patron subscription fees. Okay. Probably I, I would figure out some, but yes, of course. Why you, should I quit? Well, I don't know. I'm just, a lot of am I doing this for money? What are you doing it for? Because if I'm doing it for money. <laughs> I got bad news for you. And for everybody involved, yeah. okay? I don't think I'm doing it for money. I'm doing it because I thought we enjoyed getting together on oh, Sunday nights to do this. You would think correctly, sir. Yes, we do enjoy what it. What are you trying to say? Huh? What is that again? Yeah.
I don't know. I just really I, don't want to do it anymore. I feel like I would just probably uh, want to check out from life for a little bit, and if I if I won that money and just kind of be alone for a little while. And so you would call me and say I'm out on the on the podcast I, if you won the one point nine billion. Probably give you a two week notice like I'm supposed to. Yeah, I think really? I, I think you I'd quit? go. I, I I think I'd want to go. Yeah, I'd go like look for a new house. Yeah, I'd have lots to do. I'd be very very busy, looking for new cars oh, and new guitars. God, then I hope and, you don't win. Yeah. <laughs> God, there's a lot of people that can do what I'm doing. You'd be just fine. All right. Beat the Boys, weekend number nine oh. is in the books. What? I was one and two watching the stupid Rams. Me too. Really? Brady beat you too? No, that's the one I won. Well, I thought I wanted it. <laughs> Incomplete it, 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 on fourth down in the end zone. Yeah. I'm like, okay, at least I got one out of two. But then the Husky struck. The former Husky, Kate Otten. Yeah, right. Kate Otten. Yep. I got me to one and two. Yeah. 0-3. I don't even know why, why I put them in. Beat the boys. Week 9 is in the books. Week 10 is on the way this weekend. Here are the games. Saints at Steelers. Cowboys at Packers. Chargers at Niners. The password? Sonics. All lowercase. Gotcha. Password Sonics. Saints at Steelers. Cowboys at Packers. Chargers at Niners. We'll talk a lot about the... The Seahawks win, the Huskies win, all the other stuff, the three interviews. Guests on this episode, 213, Colorado offensive lineman Tommy Brown. You don't know who he is. Okay. He went to Matter Day High School in Santa Ana, California. That I'm familiar with, yes. Football factory, high oh, school football sure. factory. Yep. Went to Alabama out of high school to play offensive line for Nick Saban. So pretty good offensive lineman. Yep. Transferred as a graduate student, a graduate transfer. From Alabama to Colorado. Hmm. And he was just signed, well, not just, but recently signed to be the underwear model for the Shinesty Apparel Company out of Denver. And if you haven't seen the pictures, okay. it is the greatest thing you've ever seen. I can't wait now. You've not seen the pictures? No. Oh. Do I need to look him up right now? <gasps> yes. I will literally sit here on Mitch Unfiltered and wait for you to <laughs> just, just plug in Tommy Brown underwear pictures this is the greatest nil deal that you've ever heard of name image and likeness as the shinesty company has signed tommy brown of the university of colorado to be their underwear model please take a look <laughs> well this is encouraging for a guy like myself <laughs> i think i'm next the mullet please tell me you're talking about that fella that's who i'm talking about wowzy and he's still playing football he is the starting guard for the university of colorado he signed a name, image, and likeness deal with Shinesty, is the wow. name of the company that produces the underwear. You've got to see it to believe it, ladies and gentlemen. This is the best NIL deal, and it's caught on like wildfire. Everybody's talking about it. Mm -hmm. Everybody's putting the pictures on their websites. There's articles and, and stories on TV about this. It is just fantastic that this guy is willing to put himself out there as an underwear model. He's 6'7", 335 pounds, so Jeez. you can pretty much guess what he looks like. Yeah. He's done two modeling shoots. It's it's fantastic. They're leaning into it, too. Like, there's no airbrushing. Oh. He's got a farmer's oh, tan. No. You can see stretch marks on his stomach. Oh, like, yeah. It's fantastic. They're doing all those hokey poses from the 80s with another model. Oh, that's great. As soon as I saw this story and I saw these pictures, I said... <laughs> That guy has to be on Mitch yes. Unfiltered. Perfect. If we do nothing else <laughs> right. for the next 10 years, Tommy Brown needs to be on. And his personality will win you over. I promise you when you listen to Tommy. And we have the CEO of Shinesty on to tell us about the idea Unreal. and why they picked him and what's the story. The company is a very, as they like to call it, 
irreverent apparel company. Everything they do, even the names of the underwear, you don't even want to know. The, the The underwear is called the ball hammock something <laughs> underwear. All right. Yeah, I think their, their motto is stay weird and shine on That's or something it. like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, good for them. That's hilarious. Segment number one of interviews will be Tommy Brown, the offensive lineman who signed the deal is now the first ever underwear model playing college football. Seahawks no table Brady and Joe to talk about the big victory over the Cardinals on Sunday and Rick Neuheisel on a crazy Saturday in the world of college football. Yeah. We had the game of the year between Georgia and Tennessee. We had Alabama losing for the second time. Nikki Saban's out. That's right. We had Clemson losing, USC winning. Oregon. We got Oregon and Washington this weekend. Yeah, Oregon's so like all of a sudden, legit. Oregon and USC are back in the mix. Yep. And Rick Neuheisel will tell us just how much they're back in the mix. Episode 213 doesn't happen without our partners. Let's start with Fireside Home Solutions, the title sponsor of Beat the Boys. Week 10 password, Sonics. All lowercase. Have you given any thought to a new fireplace unit for the winter? Up to $300 off gas fireplace inserts right now at Fireside, firesidehomesolutions.com. The Kirkland Office of Cross Country Mortgage and Jordan Flowers, which is moving. There's a rumor out there. Not allowed to say where just yet. Obviously a very weird time when it comes to borrowing money, buying and selling homes. Jordan's team has all the answers for you. 425-890-2957. Evergreen Golf Call, tax advisors, certified financial planners, experienced portfolio managers working together to bring retirement planning, taxes, and investments under one roof. Evergreengk.com, more than just a financial advisor. Evergreen is everything well. Zeke's Pizza, new locations popping up all over the place like Boise, Idaho, believe it or not. Fun football viewing all over the place, pre- and post-game Kraken celebrations at the Belltown location. Download the Zeke's Pizza app today, homegrown in the Northwest. And Stump the Band Trivia, where in the Northwest did Mitch have Thanksgiving Day dinner last year? Answer, Daniel's Broiler Bellevue. It was fantastic. Not sure if there's any space available at the four locations of Daniels on their biggest day of the year. Try them. Danielsbroiler.com for more information. Daniels Broiler, world-class steakhouses and great for special occasions. Episode 213 begins right now. Unfiltered. I believe the 49ers should be the favorite to win the West. They've already got a game in hand over the Seahawks. They're better. They're probably better across the board than the Seahawks. They've added McCaffrey. And then the biggest thing is they've already played the Chiefs. Unfiltered. There are going to be seven teams from the NFC in the playoffs. By my calculation at last check... And the NFL, Roger Goodell doesn't come to a microphone and say, you know, it's really bad this year, so we're going to take five. Mitch is unfiltered. Episode 213, Hot Shot Scott, is now officially underway. So as you know, I've been driving around someone else's car because my wife got in a little fender bender. Yeah, I know that. Fender bender that costs $12,750. $12,750? Everybody was okay? Uh, it was a fender bender, yes. Everybody was fine. $12,750. $12,750? For her car. Just for her car. Forget the Tesla she hit. 
Oh. Who knows what that was? That, that's not my business. Was it in a parking lot? No, it was turning right right by the Issaquah pool there off Front Street. I got hit the other day. Oh, you did? By a FedEx truck. Oh. Yeah. And are they paying for it? Yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah. and they've been great. It's, it's not FedEx. It's like there's a... A local contractor who does the local, I, I can't, I can't explain to you who it yeah. is, but for once in my life, I've run across some people that are just perfectly responsible and nice about it and calling me and texting me and saying, Hey, well, you just send me a bill. We'll yep. take care of everything. So how are you guys? Do, are, was she responsible for this? Uh, I think so. Yes. What? By now, you know, either yeah. she was or she, yeah, I mean, she just ran into a guy, just not paying attention. <laughs> okay. It, there's All more right. behind, I'll tell you later. Okay. It's not really confirmed. All right. So I'm driving around my father's Dodge pickup. It's yeah. enormous. We're yeah. like, it's like a 2010 Dodge Ram. I had to go down to Tacoma to get it. Yep. I dropped Piper off today at a softball tournament on Sunday, I guess. And I'm getting stuff out of the back. And I look under, you know how those trucks have those cabs? You know, it's it's got like a, a back door, I guess. You know, it's a big truck. The, pull the seat up. I look down. I see a shotgun wedged under the seat. I'm like, wait, okay. Is that really a shotgun? Yeah. My father-in-law, he's a card-carrying NRA member. He loves guns. He loves shooting, you know, but he locks them up. But why is there a shotgun? I, I, I'm in a school, for God's sakes. There's a gun under this guy. You know, I'm not uptight, but holy shit. So I, I look at it and I, I text him. I said, please tell me this is a BB gun. And maybe he used it for birds. I don't know why he would need birds. a BB gun. Yeah, shotgun for birds. Well, no, yeah. no. He would use the, the BB gun to maybe yeah. scare off birds. I, I don't know. Some people have them. Sure. So I, I texted like him. Yeah. I texted my father-in-law, who, keep in mind, you know, loves guns. And he's, yeah. Yeah. you know, he's sm he once asked people in Whole Foods where, if they sell cigarettes. Yeah. You know, he's, he's that guy. Text me back. He wrote, yep, sorry, I forgot about it. It was in Grandpa Bebo's place, and I grabbed it. But be careful. It may still be loaded. Point it at the ground and pull the trigger. <laughs> What? No, I'm not doing that. Jesus Christ. And just stick it in a way in your garage until I get back. Thanks. No, I'm in a school. I'm not going to be really able to point it in the ground and pull the trigger. Like now I'm driving around with a potentially loaded gun in the back. I'm going to go over a speed bump. It's going to blow the door off. God's sakes. And, oh, God. and the problem was I, I like couldn't. It was wedged, so I couldn't get it out. I didn't want to start shaking it all crazily and. I, I, really, Grandpa? You just got a shot, loaded shotgun in the back? Of, anyway, so now it's in my garage. I did unwedge it before I came over here. God forbid. I, How nervous were you? I was pretty nervous. I, I mean, would be very nervous. I'm, I'm not super uptight. Like, he and I go shooting no, sometimes, no. but I'm definitely not a gun guy. Yeah. And I just was, like, slowly trying to... I mean, yeah, well, if it's loaded, it's going to blow through the garage and into my name. I mean, yeah. So what did you do? So I put on my little headlight, my little headlamp flashlight to make sure I could see really well because it was kind of dark in the car. And I could eventually got it unwedged and I just slowly pulled it out and pointed oh it towards God, the ground. I and, yeah, running I Running for the hills. Oh my gosh, Grandpa. Grandpa Bill. That's a whole different world now, Hotshot. That's a whole world that yeah. I don't, I'm not, uh, I'm not experienced with. So I'd, uh, Nor you, am I really. If you had said to me, Mitch, I made a mistake. I left a loaded gun in your car. Yeah. Can you please remove it right now and take the and take the bullets out or something? Right, or, right, right. I would like freak out. 
<laughs> I don't know that I could either. I would totally <laughs> freak out. I would be like, I, don't, I can't do that. Yeah, it was weird. Because I don't know that I would trust myself to not do something wrong, hit the wrong button. Right. I, mean, I don't want to hit the wrong button. Well, you know, there's a, there is a trigger, trigger on it. Yes, that, that, yes, that's I the one that. thing you don't want to pull. No, you don't want to touch you that. You don't want to do that. And I would be afraid that something you might catch it on something, it, yeah. trying to get it out. Or I, yes. God, I know. I was like, holy oh, shit. Point it at the ground how and do, pull the trigger. How do, no. I go, how do I go from this to the Seahawks? <laughs> By the way, this is the same guy when my dog had a tick and it's no you ever seen a he had a tick yeah half wedged it yanked it right out you well, told me i did not but my father-in-law said when i was a he goes i was a kid i put the cigarette my cigarette up to it it would just back out and then you can just throw no first of all cigarette as a kid second of all i'll just take it to the vet can i just do that is that okay i think your father-in-law is a little more worldly than me <laughs> he grew up in florida he did grow up in florida <laughs> I'm guessing a different side of the state. <laughs> where, where, did he, where did he grow yeah, up? Yeah, I think Orlando. Like, like up I in the Panhandle. Yeah, or something. yeah. I think it was something like Southeast Georgia. Water skiing oh, with near yeah. alligators and that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, boy. that's where he grew up. Boy. Oh my gosh. Different so anyway, animal all all together. This guy. Yeah, he is definitely. But he's the guy. He can like fix your car. He can fix I'm your sure house. He can. he can do all that shit. Yeah, he, he's yeah. that guy. Yeah, he'll blow your he'll blow your your foot off while he's doing it. <laughs> he will right with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> Anyway, okay. how do I segue? We're safe. How All do right. I segue to thirty-one twenty-one and another step closer to the playoffs? Although ESPN, of course, said last week thirty-six percent chance of making the playoffs. Oh, yeah, last week. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder if they'll move them up to like thirty-eight or thirty-nine <laughs> percent yeah. this week. Six and three after a thirty-one twenty-one. Really, uh, you watch the game. The more you think about that game, the more of a blowout it really was. It was much more of a blowout than the final score indicated. In fact, think about that that kind of gift of a pick six. Oh, yeah. If that play doesn't happen, right. the Cardinals score 14 points in that game. Yeah. They score 14. The Seahawks score 31. Yeah. I'll give you this number. Do you remember do you remember the first possession of the game for the Cardinals? So the Seahawks get the opening possession. They go down the field and they kick a field goal. Myers yeah. kicks a field goal. Three nothing. And then they kick off. Do you remember the first possession for the Cardinals? Not really. Well, it was like a an 80-yard drive, 80, a 75-yard drive for a touchdown. Okay. You don't remember that? Yeah, I, I remember the touchdown, yeah. To give them a 7-3 lead. Yep. On the third play of that drive, if you go back to the third play. Okay. It's third and five from the 22-yard line. In fact, I, I should say that it's it was an 83-yard drive wow. because it started at the 17-yard line. So it was an 83-yard drive for a touchdown. But if you go back to the third play of that drive, it's third and five from the 22. Okay. Kyler Murray goes back to pass. You should remember this if you watched. The pocket collapses. The four rushers do a great job pushing their blockers into Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. And and Wosu, number 10, oh, yeah. on the left, on the defense's left, kind of has him. Kind of has him. Yeah, yeah. It looks like the, you're going to get a sack on third down, and it's going to be a three and out, and they're going to punt the ball away. And he kind of has one hand on him, and Wosu does. Murray gets away and goes for 21 yards. Yep. Do you remember, remember the play? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They get a first down there, and then they go down the field. 87 yards for the for the touchdown. And they are this close. The Seahawks are this close on that third down play to sacking him, and it's a three and out on the first possession. The reason I bring that up okay. is the next seven possessions of the game for the Cardinals. 
which takes you all the way to the fourth quarter till 7.30 to go in the fourth quarter. So the next seven possessions after that possession where the Seahawks almost was off, were off the field. Right. And Wilson had them in his hand. Yeah. Negative six yards for the Cardinals in possession two. Nine yards for the Cardinals in possession three. Six yards for the Cardinals in possession wow. four. They had 66 yards in possession five, but he fumbled. Ryan Neal knocked the ball out from yep. behind in a crafty move. They had six yards in the next possession, negative 12 yards in the next possession, and four yards in the following possession. That's seven possessions which take you from the first quarter after the first possession to the seven-minute mark of the fourth quarter. Crazy. 73 yards in seven possessions. Look at you tooting the horn of this defense. 73 <laughs> yards in seven <laughs> possessions, yeah, Hotshot. I know. Kyler Murray's not bad. He's a really good quarterback. I mean... Okay. They've got a they've got a lot of problems, but uh, yeah, let's not but, make it about the Cardinals. But is he dangerous? I mean, he's still pretty good, Kyler Murray. If you hold the Carolina Panthers and their third string quarterback <laughs> right. to seventy three yards in seven, I'm talking about seventy three yeah. total yards in seven possessions in 2022 of the NFL. Think about that. It's impressive. Yeah, and the first one they had them right. They were off the field in the first one. Unbelievable. Yeah. Another, a fourth consecutive, unbelievable game by the Seahawks defense. And the offense was plenty good enough. They were efficient. They did some good things, especially in the late third and early fourth and late fourth quarters. And here we are, six and three, ladies and gentlemen, and surging in the NFC, in the mediocre NFC. Four in a row. Four in a row. I think we have a running back now. We definitely have a running back here in <laughs> I mean, Seattle. Yes. All he does is just continue to impress me. I absolutely love him. He went for 26 carries, 109 yards. And the best thing about him, and I shouldn't make it about him. This is really about the ground game and the offensive line gets, should get a lot of credit for this. The best thing about the running game on Sunday was when they needed it most. That's right. That's exactly right. When everybody in the house yeah. knew they were going to hand the ball off to try to get some first downs and run out that clock. Now, that terrific little play where they threw the ball to Fant and he ran 60 yards Unreal. down the field yeah. on that. That was that was fantastic. But everybody in the house knew that they were at that point going to hand the ball to Walker, hand the ball to Walker, hand the ball to Walker. Yep. And when you can block it and be successful in those types of situations, that's a true blue running game. So great. Yep. 26 carries, 109 yards. Uh, he's got 570 yards now for the season and seven touchdowns, and he hardly played. He got very few carries the first two, three weeks until Penny got hurt. <laughs> Gino, 26 to 34 for 275 yards and two touchdowns. When you talk about Gino, you can't forget about the runs. Right. I was going to say, there was one where he didn't slide, which he probably should have, but he needed to get the first down. He made a guy miss. And just put his head down and ran like a running back. I, I have so much respect for him for it doing that. It seems like when he takes off, they're ball buster plays for the defense. Yeah. And he just kind of does it like three or four times a game. And he did it on Sunday. There was that 18-yard run yeah. that he did get down. And then there was the play that it, he didn't get down and got the first down. I mean, Gino was efficient. He was gutsy. He had the one play where he, he threw the pick six, which was a killer. Yeah. But outside of that... Solid as solid could be, just what you want in your starting quarterback on the road. And here they are, six and three, Sunday in Germany. Oh, right. Set your alarm oh, clocks. Lord. They're starting at 6 30 in the morning Pacific oh, time. On a Sunday? Versus Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. 
football in Germany. Is, is he going to be doing high knees down the aisle on the way to Germany? No, that's for the other guy. That's for the other guy. Okay. That's for the other guy. Boy, there are some funny Halloween memes going around about Russell. I don't know if you God. saw it. It's, they're going hard. There was one about <laughs> the kid had all his candy laid out, and in the middle were two Bronco tickets inside of a candy bar. And I said, be careful out there, everyone. Somebody had the audacity to give these kids Bronco tickets. <laughs> I mean, it's like, God, already? I mean, they're going no. hard at Russell. Man. Uh, so you'll get your full-fledged Mr. Playoff with Slickhawk on Friday's show, the shooting the shit, but I'll give you an abridged episode for you. Philadelphia 8-0, number one seed in the NFC. Minnesota, the 7-1, number two seed in the NFC. Seahawks, 6-3, number three seed in the NFC as of the moment. They would face the New York Giants, same as last week, yep. in the first round of the NFC playoffs if they were able to to win the NFC West and remain as the as the number three seed as it is today. In terms of making the playoffs, to me, Mr. Playoffs, it seems pretty clear that the target record to make the playoffs in the NFC is going to be nine and eight. Just to make it. To make the playoffs as the final wild card team. Okay. Nine and eight is the target. You're six and three. You're two-thirds of the way there, halfway through the season. You've got eight games. Even Scott Soden, That's even right. his uh, Bellevue Community College right. math can tell you. Mm-hmm. Six and three, all you need to do is go three and five. Feels doable. The remainder of the way to get to nine and eight. Now, you might ask, what do we have to do to go three and five? You've got the Bucks this week in Germany, which I was very surprised, by the way, to see that the Bucks opened as the favorite in that game. Hmm. I would have thought that the Seahawks would have opened as the favorite, but the Bucks opened as like a two-and-a-half, three-point favorite. And as we're recording this, it was already bet down to like almost even. Hmm. So the first, the first umpteen dollars on this game bet on the Seahawks. You've got the Bucks game. You would say that that's winnable. They were three and five going in and barely beat the Rams probably, and looked terrible doing it. Yeah. The Raiders lost to the Jaguars on Sunday. The Panthers got blown out by the Bengals on Sunday. They're at home. The Jets could be tough. The Jets beat the Bills on Sunday, yeah, but the Jets are here. The Rams are here. And then you got the three the three tough, tough games. I think at the Rams, it still could be a difficult thing yep. at NLA, at the Chiefs, and then home against the Niners. So I look at the final eight games, and I see five really re- more than winnable games. You need to win three yeah. to get to nine and eight. I can't believe in 2022 I'm thinking, yeah, but I don't want to just make it. I want to I want to win the division. Win the division. Ask me that two months ago or yeah. when, when Russell got I traded. I would have thought we were going to be a disaster. Go for the gusto. That's what I want. Go Let's for the, the gusto. Division. But Come Mr. On. Playoffs, it's his responsibility to share with you the whole picture. Yeah, I appreciate that. And in case the Niners come back and win the division, yeah. you're going to be asking yourself, well, how do we become a wild card? And I'm telling you, you got to get to nine and eight or higher. Okay. I'm and in. that's the way they get to nine and eight. They got to win three of those games. ESPN last week had him as a 36% chance to make the playoffs, which is to me was ridiculous. Then <laughs> we'll see what they give us, what kind of crap they give us now if they jump on board. But like, I would say, if you asked me without doing the math, I would say 75, 78, 80%. I, I would say that they are an overwhelming favorite yeah. to make the playoffs. Now at six and three, have to be a sizable collapse to not make it right. I mean, Six and three is a pretty good start. You'd have to really, and you're not playing any good teams. Really. You have a big chunk where you're not, you'd have to really collapse. I, Gino would have to just look awful for some reason. So yeah, I like their chances. 
I can tell you who's definitely going to the postseason. Who's that? The Washington Huskies are going to the postseason after a ah yes after a windblown power outage. Did you see that? The, I did, the lights yes. went out at Husky Stadium. They go out at your on house Friday night. They, they, they went out a lot they, of they places. They flickered. They flickered. Yeah, here. Flickered not, too, it wasn't. It wasn't bad. Wasn't bad. But yeah. the Huskies are seven and two. Yes, they are. That was a fun win for well, them. That was a tough win. Yeah. Well, I mean that not was, easy. But Oregon State was six and two as well. They looked pretty good. It's they good. were ranked at the time. Yeah. And now the Huskies finally got back in the top twenty-five. I saw. Did they? Yep. 18 plays, 92 yards with the game on the line. Big boy drive. With you uh, Very much with yep. the wind blowing yep. sideways and the rain. They had a couple of third down conversions on that drive to get down into field goal range to win the game winning field goal. And now you get the Ducks in Eugene. Mm. Boy, a chance for the Huskies as 12 or 13 point underdogs. 12 or 13 point underdogs. To really, really damage the Oregon season. The Oregon Duck fans right now are thinking, after what happened on Saturday yeah. with, with some of the upsets, yeah. the Oregon football fans are thinking Final Four now. They have one loss. Granted, they got absolutely yeah. smothered by Georgia to start the season, they but did. they've now... They've now run off umpteen games in a row. They're winning games by blowout. Yep. They have a chance to run the table in the Pac-12 to potentially play USC in the Pac-12 championship game mm. and and give the committee something to think about. But guess who can foil those plans? <laughs> Penix. This weekend in in uh, Eugene, Oregon. As much as I can't stand the Ducks, you got to hand it to them. They, they got their asses kicked on national TV, and they somehow just dug deep, figured it out, hung in there and became the team that most people thought they were going to be. It's impressive. It's really impressive. And like they say in college football, if you're going to lose, lose early. Because everyone just kind of forgot. And when, by the way, they lost to who looks like the best team in the by country. By far. Yeah. By far. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, so. Did you watch that Georgia-Tennessee game? I'm sure you did. I did, every second of it. Before the game, I was like, really? nine? The number one team in the country is a nine-point dog. I know it's on the road, but how about after the game? Did you feel oh, better yeah. why they were why they were nine point? <laughs> That's games? what I was gonna say. It's like God, uh, me and a dad at softball were like, really nine? That seems like a lot. Vegas knows what they're doing, I guess. And now it's all clear why it was nine. There's and, a reason they live in big crap. houses and send their kids to Ivy League schools. So true. Yeah, that that line made a little more sense. It wasn't even a good game ever. It was like, I don't know who is beating Georgia. Yeah, I don't know. Doesn't look like anyone. I don't see a team out there that's beating Georgia on a neutral field. I don't see anybody beating them. I know LSU beat Alabama. I don't see LSU beating Georgia if they make it to the uh, SEC championship game in Atlanta against them. I don't know. Michigan's still undefeated. Well, Michigan's undefeated. Ohio State's undefeated. Yeah. I don't see how any of these teams beat Georgia. Because Georgia is incredible defensively. They're stifling defensively. And oh, by the way, they're really good offensively. <laughs> I mean, if they were like... <laughs> that makes for a good team, does it? <laughs> if they were like the game's greatest defensive team like in the last decade, last year they were, uh -huh. this year they weren't supposed to be, and they are, and they were kind of awful on offense, it would give teams a chance. But they're, no, one even, no one even considers their offense. Yeah. They've got a really good quarterback. They've got this guy Bowers, this tight end, hybrid tight end wide receiver, their offensive line, their ground game. They're really good offensively, oh, by the way, right. while they're like historically good <laughs> on defense. I don't know who's beating them.
I'll be all excited for the college we'll football playoffs, and it'll be undefeated Michigan against undefeated Georgia, and then Georgia will beat their ass 45 nothing. It'll be another disappointing playoffs for Hotshot. I know that Oregon will probably beat Washington and may beat them bad this mm-hmm. weekend, but you've got to tip your cap to the job that Kalen DeBoer has done in no his doubt. first year. Don't you win, lose, or draw that yep. game? And I know the Washington fans probably don't, don't want to hear this before. It's, there's plenty of time to talk about it in this in this way. They're seven and two. Yeah. Impressive. They're seven and two now. They haven't beaten the the best of the best. Turns out Michigan State wasn't very good, although they yeah. beat Illinois, a really good ranked Illinois team this past weekend. But look, they're seven and two. They're gonna play Colorado. Mm-hmm. Right? So their last three games are against Oregon, Colorado, and Washington State. They're gonna win the Colorado game. That's eight. Yep. So that's eight and four at worst. At worst, yeah. They may beat the Cougs on the road. Maybe they won't. They probably won't beat Oregon, but we'll see. But they're looking at eight and four at worst, and maybe nine and three a little bit better after what he inherited, after oh. the situation that this this program was in when he came in. You gotta love, you gotta love that. You gotta love Michael Penix can come back another year. Yeah. I don't know if he will, but he can come back another year. How good will he be next year? If they could just add some defense, I mean, their defenses. I worry about what that defense is going to look like against on Oregon yeah. on Saturday against Oregon. Yeah. I cringe. But it is impressive considering the way I felt about Husky football a year ago. I mean, think about when, when Jimmy Lake was there. and it was, Totally. I mean, it, was, it looked like it was going to take another five to six years to potentially get to 500 or some respectable you know, number, some respectable record, and look at seven and two in his first year. Impressive. I'm with you. So four o'clock on Fox this coming Saturday, Washington and Oregon, 12 and a half is the number. The over-under, you want to guess what the total, the over-under is? For two teams that score the hell out of the ball? Yeah. 65 and a half. 69 and a half. Woo! So if you take the over, these two teams (laughs) got to combine for 70 before you're a winner. See, I'll take the over, and it'll be pouring down rain, it'll be fumbles, and no one can do anything. That's all that'll go. Well, we'll ask New Heisel whether he thinks that Washington has a chance in the rest of the college football story as we continue on episode 213. Three guests, and then the other stuff segment. Hey, look who I found. It's Katie Versio, Director of Financial Planning for Evergreen Golf Call, an incredible partner of Mitch Unfiltered. Katie, how's everyone doing over there at, at Evergreen? We're doing very well, Mitch. How are you? Uh, very well. I'll have you know. Everyone knows by now. Mitch went three for three last time. I'm expecting that the streak is going to continue. Do we have a theme today? Yes. So theme today, we're doing an economic update. So I pulled some questions from our most recent podcast, The Evergreen Exchange. It's a biweekly podcast that we put out. It discusses investing, the economy, and other financial planning topics. So for those who are interested in learning more, you can find The Evergreen Exchange anywhere you listen to podcasts. Which is also produced by our producer, Steve. So I'm ready for question number one, Katie, go. Okay, so the Federal Reserve has been increasing interest rates in 2022 to slow down the economy and fight inflation. Has this year had the quickest increase in rates in 40 years? Is that true or false? Yeah, I think it's true. I think I read something about 40 years. I'll say true, Katie. That's right. 
the fastest tightening cycle this year. The second fastest was in 1995-1996. We find that the Fed really tends to overcorrect when they're during these tightening cycles, and that has pushed us into recessions historically. We're expecting them to increase rates two more times here in 2022, and so that's part of the reason why the markets are down so substantially, with stocks and bonds both down about 20%. And now I'm on a four-question streak. Let's make it five. Question oh. number two, Katie. All right. Since 1950, there's been 14 Fed hiking cycles where they increase interest rates. How many of these 14 cycles have ended in a recession? Is it six, nine, 11, or 14? Would be a total guess. I can't believe it's 14, and I'm sure six is way too low. I'll go 11. I'll go C, Katie. That's right. You got that one right. Yes! Typically, what the Fed is trying to do when they increase interest rates is to have a soft landing to ease the economy, to slow it down, but not slow it down too much. And historically, they have not been very successful in doing so. Oh, my God. I'm five for my last five. Shall we quit now or do we go to a question three, Katie? <laughs> we'll see. This one's a tough one. Okay. Interest rates have increased dramatically this year, which has really shifted the income markets. So in October of 2021, a year ago, a two-year Treasury bond was yielding 0.5%. So today, what is that yield? Is it 2.5%, 3.5%, 4%, or 4.5%? Ooh, 3.5%, stab in the dark. So you didn't quite get that one right. It's actually D, four and a half percent. I tried to trick you with that one by putting it on the end there. It's been a huge amount of income pickup over the last year from 0.5% to four and a half percent for these bonds. So we're finding a lot more opportunities in the income markets versus what we saw a year ago. So while we think there will be continued volatility in the stock market, we're finding a lot of more opportunities to increase income. For those that are interested in learning more about this, how we're positioning portfolios, I'd recommend listening to our most recent podcast and checking out our website at evergreengk.com. And of course, the Evergreen Exchange every other week from Evergreen Golf Call, a great partner of Mitch Unfiltered and Everything Wealth. Unfiltered. Ball hammocks are the perfect gift for dads because they have a built-in pouch that keeps his tools secure. That means less time adjusting and more time giving back to you. Well, we all know about the name, image, and likeness circus in college sports, and in certain cases, how out of control it's already gotten. Ladies and gentlemen, there are NIL deals... And then there are NIL deals. Joining us on this episode 213 of Mitch Unfiltered, the first ever college football underwear model, all 6'7", 330 pounds with a mullet to die for, Colorado Buffalo offensive lineman Tommy Brown. How are you, Tommy? Mitch, I'm doing great. It's an honor to be on. Thank you for having me. Well, you know, we're here in Seattle in UW territory, so it's hard to have a Buffalo on the show. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're, they're a great team, but uh, you got to you got to bleed black and gold. <laughs> and the CEO of Denver based underwear company Shinesty, he's Chris White. Welcome, Chris. Thanks for having me. So this is the best college football story of the year as far as I'm concerned. So let's start with you, Chris. Tell us about Shinesty, 
the online irreverent apparel company as you've described it. And dare I ask, dare I ask about the ball hammock pouch underwear line? <laughs> Please do. Please do. Yeah, Shinesty is an irreverent retailer. We have a mission to force the world to take itself less seriously. So you should see that irreverency and that humor and everything that we do. We think people are a little too serious, especially over the last three years. And it's our mission to make them laugh. Who and how was this idea hatched? So originally our creative director was scouring the internet because we were launching a extended bigger sizes essentially for our men's ball hammock underwear product, (laughs) which uh, we got to send you a pair so you can try it. I think you'll be a big fan. Okay. And you know, we, we said, Oh, it'd be perfect for this is the CU lineman. They got a great look. We're fans, right? (laughs) So we reached out and I think Tommy responded pretty quickly to our creative director who our creative director himself is kind of a wild man as well. So I think they probably hit it off pretty, pretty quickly there invited him to, to take some pics and get his professional modeling career started. (laughs) So Tommy, tell the story from your end. You receive, as I understand it, a DM from the, uh, from the creative director of the marketing department, pick it up from there. What did it say? And how quickly did you respond? Right? Well, you know, I get, I get the DM from Shinesty. And my first thought is this has to be fake. <laughs> it's, it's someone scamming me. And I click on the account and I vet it. It's verified. I'm like, wow, this is insane. Talked about it as a joke a little bit with my buddies. And then, then I was like, why not? You know, why not do it? So I reached out and reached back out and uh, we made it happen. What did the DM say? Did it talk about you being an underwear model or was it just clothing or apparel? What did it say? Oh, it, uh, it said I was going to be an underwear model and uh, that <laughs> they, they loved the mullet and that they thought that it would be a great pairing. Shinesty contacted other members of the offensive line. Chris, did I read that? I believe we did. Yeah, I believe we reached out to, to a few folks on the team. Yeah. But uh, Tommy was the, the fastest to respond. And I'm sure... Now that he's not just a model, you know, he started as a model, but now he's a supermodel. <laughs> let's, let's be clear about that. And then, oh, yeah. and then the photo shoots, Tommy, maybe the greatest thing I've ever seen. Talk to me about some of those shots that I'm, I'm looking at right now. Oh, I mean, the, the, the process behind a photo shoot is something that I was not prepared for. I, I, I thought I was going to walk in there and take some pictures. And it's, it's something, uh, it's, it's a blast, honestly. It's some of the most fun I've had. Just trying to get the right shot, just trying to, it's trying to get the coaching points. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's tough and it's a grind sometimes, <laughs> but you're having a lot of fun and uh, they're, they're trying to coach me up the best they can because it, it was it was a new experience for sure. And you had a beautiful co-model, right? I did. Uh, this past uh, shoot, I had it. Well, both shoots I had a co-model, but uh, the first one was a male. And uh, this time, uh, Sam, she was an incredible model, obviously really good at her job. And uh, she kept telling me how I kept was doing well. <laughs> I, I just I kept giggling. I was like, you don't need to lie. You don't need to lie to me. Like, it's OK. <laughs> Tommy, I could have done without the pinching of the nipple shot. Did we, <laughs> that did was we, did her we, idea. Did we have to go there, please? <laughs> oh, well, I, well, we were, we were taking, we were taking the pictures and, uh, Sam threw out the idea and everyone looked at me as, as if I wasn't going to buy in and like, I'm like, we're already here. Let's do it. I mean, Chris, 
the idea is brilliant as far as I'm concerned. Is there a way to gauge so far the brand awareness impact of Tommy's connection to the company? Have sales gone up? What can you tell us about the aftermath of all this? Yeah, it's obviously been a huge hit for clear reasons. And if you haven't seen the photos or the video, especially, I would I would highly recommend going and checking it out. The humor is there. <laughs> beautiful pictures, beautiful video, just really, really well done by by Tommy and by our creative team. Uh, and the, the hits are still coming, right? So we've had done tons of interviews, gone viral on Twitter multiple times, tons of folks writing about it in the press. And so, yeah, we haven't taken the time yet to measure it exactly, but the, the results have been tremendous. And Tommy, I know our audience, which is a sports-minded audience, wants to know about the locker room after, <laughs> after the pictures come out, after the video comes out of you in these underwear. And I, I got to ask about opponents on the field. I'm sure you've heard from some Pac-12 defensive linemen some trash talking going on on the field during games. Yes. Honestly, no. Um, it's funny. I, I would have expected it from uh, the ASU team that we just played last weekend. Yeah. Cause it dropped, it dropped right before um, <laughs> that game mm-hmm. from the defensive line. Haven't heard much, but uh, in the locker room. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the, the guys on my team, uh, half of them are just on the ground laughing and, uh, you know, some of them with me, some of them at me, either one, it's fine. I'm glad people are laughing. Yeah. And, uh, and then the other guys that got the DM, uh, from the first photo shoot are like, they know, they, they know they failed. They dropped the bag. They, they know that. <laughs> yes, they did. Now they're just, everyone's, I, I'm getting people going, well, let's, let's get an O-line photo shoot going. Let's, you know, everyone wants to everyone be a part of it now because at, now it's, it's just something that it's so fun and they know that going out there and just doing, doing what we do it, and it, it's incredible. Now, if I was an offensive guard or a center on that same offensive line, there would be these pictures all over bulletin boards, all over the locker room. Have you gone anywhere publicly yet or in the stadium or anywhere and seen these pictures out and about? Uh, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the cardboard cutout in the stands get, getting <laughs> waved at me. That's what I'm waiting for. That, that'd be hilarious. We've been talking about getting a calendar put together so that every room in the facility could be graced with my presence. Uh, (laughs) So that's something uh, we're going to look into, you know, uh, we're trying to stay focused on football and uh, we're doing that, not letting this be a distraction, but it's still, it's just been a blast and everyone has loved it. All right. How about the campus? Now you're a graduate student. So how about Boulder? How about classrooms? How about the dating scene? Is there a is there a girlfriend who had to get permission? You had to get permission from to do this. To, uh, give us the lowdown, please. How how is this? Yeah. How is this whole experience helped or hurt the real important stuff, Tom? Uh, well, unrelated <laughs> to the photo shoot altogether, uh, me and my girlfriend did just uh, break up a couple days ago. Oh. but it, it has nothing to do with the photo shoot. She was she supported me uh, fully through it all, and uh, she thought the photos were hilarious. Before every shot, Sam, the the female model, she would be like, "Your girlfriend's not going to get mad, right?" <laughs> we be like, "No, it's it's fine. Everything's all right." And it was it was hilarious. The student section is right behind us uh, here in Folsom Field, so I did I did get some chirping from the fans, and you know it's hilarious. And uh, even today, uh, we had 
at our walkthrough, we had a former offensive lineman that played at CU way back when. That's the Shinesty guy. That's, <laughs> he, was telling, he was like, he, he asked me for a picture. He was like, you can't be an offensive lineman and an underwear model. Like this is this is legendary. You have to have a picture. So it, it's been really cool uh, getting so much support from everyone. Uh, and it's just been a blast. Like hey, Tommy, so I'm sorry about the breakup, but this makes you what we like to call a free agent. And I'd like <laughs> to know, I'd like to know from you and Chris, whether these shinesty pictures in this affiliation with the underwear, the new underwear, model, is this going to enhance, is this going to help or hurt the free agency period of Tommy Brown? <laughs> Personally, I, I think uh, when when you're labeled as a supermodel now, it, <laughs> it has to help. It ha- like you walk into a room, you're the only, most of the time I'm the only supermodel in there. It's uh, incredible. Uh, <laughs> God. I'm pretty sure you're the only supermodel in Boulder. Maybe in, in, in Colorado, actually. Just <laughs> oh, God. So funny. Uh, ben Lauderdale, the creative director of Shinesty, said the other day, on the field, Tommy protects the quarterback from sacks. Off the field, Tommy protects his own sack with Shinesty's ball, hammock, pouch, underwear. Chris, a lot of humor in this. It's somewhat R-rated. There's an R-rated theme to everything that you guys do over there. Obviously, well thought out and orchestrated, do you worry about the level of of irreverence? Do you ever worry about crossing the line? We don't. You know, we know that we are not for everybody. And that is very clear. We're for a a certain person with a certain type of humor and sentiment and ability to not take themselves too seriously. Mm -hmm. We think that's the right place to be. If, uh, If you're for everybody, you're for nobody. So we know that we have a certain customer and they love us because we do what we do with with the sense of humor. And a woman's line, too. Correct. Was there an MTV reality show? Once upon a time, there was an MTV reality television show that, uh, you know, we filmed, I think, six or eight episodes for that aired in 2016, 2017, something like that. So it's been a long time. But yes, some of our employees are D-list celebrities uh, with reality television. And what's to come next? This is obviously blown up, maybe even more than your wildest imagination could have led you. Would you would you consider more NIL deals? Would you go a different route? More offensive linemen, future years offensive line, defensive linemen. What 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 does up the sleeve of Shinesty next, Chris? You know, we have some secrets up our sleeve that I can't yet reveal. <laughs> However, I will say that yes, obviously this has uh made us more interested and we like to surprise people. So it, it will be something that is unexpected. I can say that. And Tommy, you, you transferred from where? Remind me. The University of Alabama. Oh, you went to Alabama. You came to Colorado from Alabama and you see, you see all of these guys coming from Alabama, all your former teammates making all this money. The quarterback, he can't get out of the way of the money at Alabama. <laughs> so now you're a part of this. You probably never would have thought in a million years, I'm going to be part of the NIL. Or maybe you did. Maybe you thought you could cash in. Yeah, well, the day that NIL went into effect, Coach Saban walked in the room, said, this is what you guys wanted. And now you need to face the reality that the quarterback is going to make more than the right guard. I hope everyone knows that. <laughs> and uh, it was something that I knew, and I hope that most of my teammates understood. Uh, so I, I knew that I was not going to be on 
the commercials like like the quarterbacks are. And so doing this was it was a dream come true. I, I was hoping in Tuscaloosa I had a local restaurant and a shirt company, but nothing to this magnitude. So this has been awesome. Tell me you're hearing from some of those boys back in Tuscaloosa. You know, they may be ready to play for a national championship. You're not going to be playing for any national championship this season at Colorado, but you had, you have had kind of the last laugh on some of those guys, haven't you? <laughs> well, uh, you know, my teammates at Alabama, have, they're doing pretty well. They, the one game that, that uh, they don't like talking about that uh, is still a little sore spot for me too, was that Tennessee one, but my quarterback here at, at Colorado transferred from Tennessee too. So it's been, it's been fun. Uh, going back and forth with the guys and hearing from the Alabama guys, getting, getting calls when that dropped that the shinesty put it out mm. and it was, it was hilarious. And it, it, it has been awesome to seeing all the support. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, uh, Chris, I wish you and everybody over there at shinesty in Denver. It's really a fun story. You guys have taken a really different approach to everything that you do. And I, I for one applaud you. So thanks for being on and congratulations on this particular campaign success and all the success moving forward. We appreciate it. Thank you for having us. And Tommy, what could I tell you, Tommy? Keep it up. Keep that figure going now. No going on any crash diets anytime soon, Tommy. Oh, I haven't been under 300 pounds since eighth grade, Mitch. So it's not <laughs> happening anytime soon. Thanks for being with us and all the best in your at the end here of this of this last year of college football for you. Thanks so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. It's time for a visit with Lindsay Schwartz, the CEO of Daniel's Broiler, my favorite spot. For special occasions. What's going on over there, Lindsay? Hey, Mitch. Great talking to you. Yeah, there's lots going on. Just wrapping up a great remodel at our Bellevue location. We've got Thanksgiving coming up in a few Ooh. weeks. And you know what? I'll even do a plug for Zeke's Pizza, man. We had a uh, we had an office get together a couple weeks ago. It was amazing. The Dragon Pizza. <laughs> uh, I had never had it before, and it changed my life. Oh. I, I'm, I'm hooked. I need more. Aren't Bring you it. nice to throw in another sponsor in your time? I'm here on Mitch Unfiltered. Now, my son is a highfalutin busboy at that Bellevue location, and he keeps telling me about the remodel. Give us more specifics, if you would. Yeah, it's great. You know, we opened that location in 1989, so you and I are old enough to, uh, yeah. well, maybe you weren't in town yet, but it's been around a long time. We do kind of a significant remodel about every 10 years or so, and uh, it was time. We did some really cool things in the bar. The back bar has been redesigned. It's a different look. Looks great. And I think the most dramatic thing people will notice is the south side of the restaurant. We elevated part of the floor to improve the view. We opened up some walls. It just is great. So to the south, you can see Mount Rainier. To the southwest, you can see downtown Seattle. We're really happy with it. People should come check it out. And then you mentioned Thanksgiving. Some of our audience might say, isn't it a little early to be talking about Thanksgiving? It's never too early to talk about Thanksgiving at Daniel's Broiler because reservations go so fast. It's the biggest single day every year for you over the course of the calendar year, right? Yeah, that's right. It's become that over the last few years, but we open all four locations at noon. We go noon to eight, do a great three-course meal at Leshy, Lake Union, and Bellevue. Uh, we have turkey, of course, but you could also do prime rib, pork roast, plant-based ravioli, or salmon. And then at, uh, at the downtown location, we do a buffet. So it's a little bit different, same basic food, but buffet style. So depending on what you like the best. But yeah, it, it really is the most likely day to sell out. 
about that and Valentine's Day. So people should jump on and, and get reservations uh, online or call, whatever's easy. All right, call the restaurant or go online to danielsbroiler.com. Get your reservations early for Thanksgiving this year at one of the four terrific locations of Daniel's Broiler world-class steakhouses. Unfiltered. Smith to the end zone. It is caught for the touchdown. It's Tyler Lockett. And Seattle regains the lead here in the third. Defense continues to do it. You know, we continue to play good football. Uh, we gave them a, you know, we gave them a score in the first drive. Okay, then, then, then we go, we give them a score and they have one late. Um, it's a fantastic job by the guys on D. Episode 213. And the Seahawks are just not slowing down. The astonishing 2022 continues. Seahawks 31, Cardinals 21 on Sunday. No table time presented by Taco Time Northwest. 60 years still humming along. The Taco Time Northwest team inspired just like the rest of us by this unexpected Seahawks success. Joe Fan win bet Brady Henderson. ESPN Seahawks insider who looks like a man. He looks like a distinguished man, the only one to predict a Seahawks victory on the Seahawks no table to capture the KP. How do you feel, Brady? Oh, I'm, I'm a little relieved because I thought you were going to tell me there was some technicality that I lost on. So <laughs> are you sure that I won? You sure there's not something you want to pull out of your ass to tell me that you or Joe won it? We could figure something out if you'd like us to. No, that's okay. Okay. Uh, Joe Fan, you get the first crack at Mitch's typically cheesy opening question. 31-21, give us the biggest reasons why the Seahawks were so good on Sunday against the Cardinals. Yeah, it wasn't their prettiest game, but they did their best to take advantage of Arizona's mistakes, and Arizona wasn't able to capitalize on Seattle's. You know, there were a number of big moments that felt like it could have snowballed in either direction. And it felt like it was Seattle who capitalized just much more frequently than Arizona. I mean, they're just, they are the more competent football team. Um, in Arizona, their superpower is shooting themselves in the foot and you see it time and again. And it was the, the pre-snap procedural penalties, you know, so much where it just feels like it comes down to coaching and discipline, which is a shock given, you know, that the backup center, there was a snap over Kyler Murray's head, all that. and Yeah, I, I don't think it was their best, but at the same time, two absolutely dynamite drives to close out the game. Um, I don't know. You can't say anything more about it. I mean, um, really impressive execution continued in the fourth quarter. Joe uh, centers his conversation on the two, actually three touchdown drives to close out the game. Brady, he didn't concentrate his thoughts on the defense that's what I thought he would say as the biggest reason for the Seahawks win on Sunday against the Cardinals I guess a fourth consecutive game where the Seahawks defense is outstanding and steals the show they were yeah I mean holding Arizona to 262 total yards six of 14 uh, on third down oh of two on fourth down and there was just a lot to like there they they had, I think, four sacks of Kyler Murray um, and really got a ton more pressure on him than those four sacks would indicate. Ryan Neal comes up with the great play at the end of the first half uh, where he strips Murray. It certainly helped that 
Kyler Murray appears to have gone to the LaShawn McCoy school of ball security because he was just, you know, very carelessly uh, carrying it there. But that's the second time uh, in two games against the Cardinals where uh, they have sort of turned a long Kyler Murray run into a takeaway. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, it was Kobe Bryant and it was Ryan Neal at this time that I think that's probably saved them at least three points, if not seven. The tackling was, I think, an issue in this game, but that was maybe the only thing, the only quibble that you could have with what the Seahawks did on defense. It was another really strong performance by them. And I think we are well past the point of wondering if that defense is for real or not. Clearly they are. Joe, I'll underscore the point about the defense. The the Cardinals on their opening possession won 83 yards for a touchdown. On that drive, on the very first third down, the third and five from the 22-yard line, the Seahawks collapsed the pocket, and Nwosu had a chance to sack Tyler uh, Kyler Murray on that first on that third down play, and he got away and he went for 21 yards, and they went for 83 yards and a touchdown. After that drive that the Seahawks almost got off the field on the three and out. Here are the next seven drives for the Cardinals that take you all the way to seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Negative six, nine, six, 66, six, negative 12, and four. The Cardinals net yards on the seven possessions, possessions two through nine till seven and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter. 73 total yards, Joe fan, 73. Yeah, it was incredible. And I think a lot of this game, you can look at the the third down numbers and it tells a lot of the story. The Cardinals were terrible. The Seahawks defense did a great job getting off the field. Arizona was just six of 14 on third down. And the Seahawks offense that really struggled against the Giants on third down a week ago, they were tremendous on Sunday, 10 of 15 on third down. And you saw that particularly in those last three touchdown drives where you know, it was just surgical execution uh, apart from the one throw it was to Disley. I think that very easily could have been intercepted and wasn't other than that. I mean, they absolutely smoked the Cardinals defense on those play action boots with the tight end coming underneath uh, across the field. And they had the Cardinals had no answer for it all day. And I loved, 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 loved on the last drive when you're you're trying to control some clock, they come out and they pass right out of the gate. And it's a 50-yarder to Noah Fant on the same play that Arizona couldn't stop all day. And they went back to the well again, and it worked. So, yeah, I mean, just so many things to feel really, really good about on both sides of the football, and, and in special teams included. How about the injury story? It seemed to me from the television version, Brady, that they came out pretty clean of the game against the Cardinals. And, of course, you piggyback that with a trip to Germany now, which maybe you can give us an idea of scheduling and when they travel and how long, how long they're there and what kind of a complicated mission that is. Start with injuries. Uh, yeah, so Colin Gillespie, I think is how you pronounce his last name. He's the the linebacker who's really been a good special teams player for them since he arrived uh, a few weeks ago. He hurt his knee. There was no specific update on how long he's going to be out, but it, it did have the look and it did sound like like that could be a serious one and that's you know a position you know their depth at inside linebacker is already pretty thin so that's not really a position where they can afford to lose anybody but uh fortunately for them that was the only serious injury that Pete Carroll 
said that they had in this game or only notable injury they had in this game. So they are going to head to Germany um, in good shape health-wise, it looks like. And they're going to leave on Wednesday, obviously come back uh, after the game. So they're going to basically follow the same schedule uh, that they had when they went to London in 2018. They really felt like after that trip that they did everything right and they're going to stick to uh, a pretty similar schedule. So I think they're leaving after practice on Wednesday. It's an 11-hour flight, so they'll get there Thursday and go from there. So they're 6-3. and three. They're atop the NFC West. They pick up a half game on the 49ers. They pick up a full game on the Cardinals. They pick up a full game on the Rams. Are we ready for ESPN to show me a graphic that they're 39% chance now, up from 36, maybe 40% to make the postseason, make the playoffs, Brady? You're going to have to talk to the computers about that, okay? As I told you last time, that is, uh, that's the computer. I think his name is Hal. Uh, like, oh, how like I from see space Odyssey. Yeah. I see. So I, th- I think he'll get back to you on that. If you okay. Ask him. And then Joe, while Brady was at the game for the Cardinals, you and I both were watching both the Seahawks and we saw a bit of the Buccaneers and the Rams. You, you just can't look less impressive than those two teams. I mean, that game was pathetic. It was actually sad watching Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford try to put together any kind of offense. And yet, we speak to the Rodney Dangerfield. We talked about Rodney Dangerfield in the Thursday show. Um, no respect, and, I tell you. No respect. And yet, the Bucks open a favorite in Germany over the Seattle Seahawks. That's obviously Vegas trying to project how much, you know, what number we get 50% of the betting on both sides. But the Bucks a slight favorite to open the game in Germany against the Seahawks. Yeah, this, that means they're a one-point favorite right now on win bet. That means if it, they were at home, they'd be four-point favorites. They just haven't shown you enough to be four-point favorites at home against anybody, <laughs> let alone a 6-3 and three Seahawks team that has been the superior team in all facets, even when you look at defensively at what they've done the last four weeks. Yeah, there, there's more star power in Tampa, certainly, but there are no signs that say this Bucks offense is about to take off. And the yards have been there to a certain extent. They're just allergic to finding the end zone. They've been one of the, the worst teams in the league uh, in the red zone uh, so far this season. But you're right. That, that Rams-Bucks game was excruciating to watch for two teams that were expected to be the favorites of the NFC. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see that line flip as the week goes along. Let's talk more about the defense Brady, in the uh, the effort against the Cardinals, you had DeAndre Hopkins, who caught 22 balls in his first two games back after the suspension. I think he caught four passes. One was for a touchdown, but he caught four balls all day against the Seahawks defense. You've been talking about Nwosu all year. It seems like every time we give out a game ball or who was doing some work, you mentioned Nwosu. Two more sacks could have been three or four sacks. And Wosu looks like a pro bowler to me if there was such a thing anymore. I guess there's no such thing as a, as a pro bowl. And there's some other veteran guys to go along with the rookie class that are playing their asses off on defense. Yeah, I mean, we already know that they had uh, just a, what looks like a brilliant draft class. But John Schneider and company also had a really good offseason in terms of veteran additions. Nwosu looks like their best free agent signing since Michael Bennett and Cliff Averill in 2013. He's got seven sacks uh, that's already a career high with eight games to go. He was living in 
uh, Arizona's backfield in this game. You also just see him make these really impressive plays like down the field in coverage where, you know, one minute he's rushing the passer. And then, you know, there was the, the play last week where he covers Saquon Barkley uh, down the sideline. He also had a nice play in space uh, to kind of force uh, Kyler Murray's hand in this game. So just really looks like an incredible football player. And it really seems like you're seeing what he was with the the chargers, but it was just in a situation where he was stuck behind Bosa and Ingram there and just didn't get a whole lot of chances to play. So really looks like a great find for them. And, and so does Shelby Harris. I think Shelby Harris has been the best player of the three that they've gotten back uh, that they got back from Denver in the Russell Wilson trade. He had a sack in this game after uh, also a really nice game last week. And so Bruce Servin is another veteran addition, albeit, you know, a much lower cost one, 35 years old, and he gets a sack in this game and, and he's playing a ton. They, they had a great off season and even continued into the season with some veteran additions. And a couple of other offensive points, Joe, Joe fan win bet in Las Vegas. You talked about those final couple of drives where I thought you were going and then you kind of veered off to a different spot was the way they ran the ball when they had to at the end, when everybody in the joint knew, okay, they're going to try to run out the clock by handing it to Kenneth Walker. It was just kind of a ho-hum game for him through about two and a half, three quarters. But then he was at his best and the running game was at its best at the end when they really needed it to move the chains and move the clock. As it has been during this run of four straight wins. I mean, they have run the ball so successfully. It feels like every game features a Kenneth Walker nail in the coffin touchdown. You give a ton of credit to the guys up front. You give a ton of credit to Walker himself. You're right. When they have, you know, basically had the cards on the table and say, this is what we're going to do. We're going to give it to number nine and nobody can stop it yet. It's very impressive. And again, there's so many. And that's why we've been talking about what was what's the staying power? How, how, how possible is this? You know, is this for real? Um, is this sustainable? And it is because you just see how many different layers to it are successful. And again, when you have a passing game with Geno Smith, that's as efficient as it is. And then you have a running game and a running back that is your closer and has been for weeks and weeks now a defense that's playing well in the secondary. The pass rush is getting better on a week-to-week basis. You're running out of of holes to poke in this roster and how this team is playing that say, well, maybe this will be the Achilles heel that will be their undoing in the second half of the season. It just feels like everything is just progressing such a nice nice way for, for them across the board. Which brings us to who was doing some work presented by Taco Time Northwest. We know about Taco Time Northwest 60th birthday. We know that they're looking to add to the team people who like to work at tacotimenw.com with great compensation packages. And after a big Seahawks win on the road against the Cardinals, we've got to go around the horn and find out who was doing some work. And I always defer to the other. So I'm going first this time. I'm taking the pick of the litter. Like it or not. I get the pick of the litter, Joe Fan. Don't put, don't raise your eyebrows at me. I'm taking the pick of the litter, and I'm going. Brady, you see that you won the KP, and you don't even get to go first for who is doing work. No, he gets to, fine. He gets to go first on the KP. He's not taking my guy. <laughs> okay. He gets to go first on the KP. I'm taking Noah Fant. Oh, <laughs> five catches, ninety six yards. He had the long He's one, fifty one. 
He had the long one of 51. He was part of a tight end combination or a grouping of Fant and Disley and Parkinson who caught 10 balls on the day. Tight ends of the Seattle Seahawks had 10 catches in the win. 31-21 over the Cardinals. When Fant gets his hands on the football, he looks like an awfully athletic tight end. Almost, almost a little bit of a hybrid between tight end and wide receiver. And that's why I say I'm sending Noah Fant a burrito, a chicken burrito with the Mexi fries inside. Maybe a little ranch, light ranch for Noah Fant who was doing some work. Brady, you're next. All right. Well, you did take my guy, which is <laughs> fine. Um, I'll, I'll go with uh, an obvious one in, in Geno Smith. And this was not statistically his best game. 275 yards passing, two touchdowns, and, and of course the interception. But I think it was the best game he's had in terms of showing resilience. And that, again, that interception was probably the worst mistake he's made this season. And how does he bounce back? He leads three straight touchdown drives. You know, one thing that he's done really well this season, and you saw it on the second of those three touchdown drives, is he is making a lot more plays with his legs than I would have thought. And I remember thinking when he was in the quarterback battle with Drew Locke that that was going to be one of the big advantages that Drew Locke had is a younger guy, really mobile. He was going to make more plays with his legs. But Smith is the one doing that. You know, I think he had scramble of 18 yards, had a zone read keeper for 12 yards. And that's in addition to the plays he's making on the run after escaping the pocket. So Geno Smith with his legs and his arm and with his resilience, uh, he was doing some work in this game. Joe, I'm going to go with Tariq Woolen, uh, the reigning NFL defensive rookie of the month uh, was tremendous again. And when you when you hold you're the number one corner on a team and you hold DeAndre Hopkins uh, in large part to four catches for 36 yards and the 22 yard touchdown really was he sort of got lost on a crosser over the middle where he had linebackers on him and it wasn't even anyone really getting beat. It was more of a bust than anything. Um, Tariq Woolen continues to just be an absolute star in his rookie year. Um you know, he won't probably win defensive rookie of the year because Ahmad Sauce Gardner has just been so good. Um, but he's in the conversation. All it takes is one injury or a little turnover streak uh, or takeaway streak, I should say, to to maybe get himself more in the conversation. But my goodness, I mean, how good has he been all season long? And certainly we, we were curious. So how is this game going to be different with Hopkins in the lineup? And he had been so good. Like you mentioned, 22 catches, a pair of hundred yard games since returning. The Cardinals are putting up 30, 30 points a game since in those two games, since he returned. And you thought after that first drive, okay, it might be a long day for the Seahawks defense trying to cover new Hopkins. And my goodness, it, it just wasn't at all. And, and really impressive. So the Seahawks moved to six and three with a 31, 21 victory in Glendale, Arizona against the Cardinals. Stay atop the NFC West. These three guys, or two guys and me, the three of us, will be together a second time this week as we always are. We record on Thursday night for a Friday morning release for the patrons. That's when we pick the game. We preview the game. Be ready, Brady. This is something a little different for you. <laughs> you get to you get to saunter up to the to the tee box while Joe and I have our Clubs in our hands. We don't get a chance until you go first. You have the honors, sir, for the KP. And Saunter, I will, believe me. For the KP for the KP against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I look forward to that. Joe Fan, win bet. Follow him on Twitter. 
does a great job, has a very active audience and, and group that follows him. Thank you, Joe. Thanks, guys. Appreciate and, it, Mitch. And Brady Henderson in Glendale, Arizona, ESPN Seahawks insider. Thank you, Brady. Travel home safe. Will do. Thank you. It's time for a visit with a man who is to thank for all of our fun contests on Mitch Unfiltered, like Beat the Boys this NFL season, presented by Fireside Home Solutions. He's my guy, John Waterstrat. He's still my guy, even though he kicked my ass on the golf course the other day. How are you, John? I'm doing great. Thanks, Mitch. Good to have you back. Tell us what's new. What's new at Fireside? Uh, just the same things. Inventory seems to be getting better. Uh, lead times are going down, and we're really excited. When we hear football, we hear fall and that cold, crisp weather, and we'll get you warm and cozy this fall. Well, if we need a new fireplace or we want to change ours out, I understand that you have a, a neat special that's going on at Fireside Home Solutions. Yep, yep. I know it's been tough out there, and prices have gone up, so we're giving up to $300 off of a gas insert so we can help out people and get you warm and cozy this fall. Wow. So up to $300 off of a gas insert just by coming into the store. Yeah, Heat and Glow is offering up to $300. You can just go on there. We'll help you get the coupon. It'll be really easy. We'll take it right off the bill, and then uh, we'll get that thing installed quickly. And where are we in terms of wait times these days, John, at Fireside? Great question, and I know we always get those questions, and we've been bringing things in stock. We've gotten really good at that. So for stock items, we're out about two weeks, and for non-stock, up to about four weeks, but uh, way better than we were a few years ago. So Fireside and FiresideHomeSolutions.com up to $300 off a brand new insert this fall and Fireside, a terrific partner of Mitch Unfiltered. Start your search with Fireside Home Solutions at FiresideHomeSolutions.com. Zeke's Pizza President Dan Black, Dapper Dan Black is back with us. How are you, Dan? I'm doing good. We're back to Dapper. We're back to Dapper. And it's the heart of football season. And when I think of football season, pizza goes well with watching football. You guys have specials and Zeke's. It's a, it's a good time of the year, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I think I'm like everybody else, and it's my favorite time of year for sports. And lots of football all the time, fantasy football, Seahawks. Zeke's is a key part of that for me, I think, like a lot of people. And whether I'm posting up at the bar watching a game or, mm-hmm. or getting it delivered, yeah, there's specials going on all the time. It depends on location. So the best thing to do is just jump onto our website, find your location and see what's going on a little behind the scenes here with the recording of these chats i said to dan before we started what's going on and you told me it's fresh hop season and mitch levy said what the hell is fresh hop season (laughs) mitch levy not a beer guy (laughs) uh yeah no for beer geeks and just beer enthusiasts and people that are paying attention to the northwest local beer scene fresh hops a special time of year you know, it's harvest season and that includes hops, which is one of the main ingredients of beer, particularly for people that like IPAs and stuff. And so what fresh hop beers are is they harvest the hops and right off the vine, they throw them into the brew kettle. And so ah. these beers have a really hoppy taste. They taste really fresh. They're seasonal. They're only around really for a few weeks. And so people get excited about them and we're right in the heart of it right now. And Zeke's does beer as good as anybody, particular local Northwest beer. And so you can go into most Zeke's right now and find three of the four best fresh hop beers in the Northwest. And that's not the only thing that people are excited for. Kraken hockey has returned for a second season. It's underway. And that brings up Belltown 
for pre and post game celebrations. Yes. Oh yeah. The Belltown Zeke's bar is cracking headquarters for sure. Uh, we fill up before every game. It's super festive and fun. Everybody's got their cracking gear on. We've got great beer going pizza and beer, are a great way to fuel up for the Kraken. So yeah, no, we love it. It's super fun when the Kraken are gone. And the answer to the trivia question, the first ever out of state location of Zeke's Pizza is coming soon. Boise, Idaho. We love Zeke's. Great partner of Mitch Unfiltered. Homegrown in the Northwest. Unfiltered. Play fake. Bennett loads it. Fires to the end zone. McConkey touchdown. One play. Six more points for Georgia. Here we go. Snap to Daniels. Sprint out. Throw to the right. Caught. Right corner of the end zone. Mason Taylor. Tigers win. Tigers win. Hey now. 32-31. And the fans storm the field. So Georgia dominates the game of the year. Alabama's out of the national championship picture after a stunning loss. In Baton Rouge, episode 213, Mitch Unfiltered continues with CBS college football analyst and my friend, Rick Neuheisel. How are you, Rick? Mitch, I'm wonderful. And as I always say, college football once again delivered. Always delivers. <laughs> hey, nice job with the Texas Longhorns pick. On How about Saturday. that? How about your record going to, I believe, six and three now on the you, football we can season. We can work at that. That's doing some work. That's doing right? some That's work. That's doing some work. And it's Absolutely. always it's always presented by Taco Time Northwest and their continuing search for new team members who love doing some work. TacoTimeNW.com. Rick, nothing more reliable than a Taco Time burrito or the Georgia Bulldogs defense. Man, they're good year after year. I thought I was told that they lost all these guys from last year's defense to the NFL, that this would be kind of a rebuilding defensive year for Georgia. They're they're as good as they were last year, for goodness sakes. They don't rebuild, they reload. They 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 are the best in uh the country at recruiting. I know Alabama sometimes gets the number one ranking or Clemson from time to time gets the number one ranking, but Georgia since the Kirby smart era began has always been in the top three and they really don't delve much into the transfer market. They just go and get good young players. Now people will transfer out to find places to play elsewhere. It's a unique place and, and uh, Kirby smart and his Merry gang, you know, Robin Hood had a merry gang or mm-hmm. merry, yeah. his merry men. Yeah. Uh, Kirby Smart has bundles and bundles of merry men. So 70 some odd guys on his staff God. and they all ha- know exactly what their jobs are. They get these kids to play as well as we've seen defenses play here in the last couple of years. And it's remarkable. They're, they're deserving of all the accolades coming their way. How many uh, national championships does Nick Saban have? He's got seven, six at Alabama. Okay. Georgia hasn't won the national championship yet this year. I would make them an overwhelming favorite to do so, but they haven't done it yet. But let's say they do it. And now he's won a couple, right? Kirby's won a couple. Is right. he is he situated with his age 
and his situation at Georgia. I don't know if he aspires to be an NFL head coach. Is he situated with all those 10 and $12 million a year contracts and all these great players to have a run over the next 10 or 15 years, kind of like Nick Saban has had at Alabama? Absolutely. We've doubted Nick Saban before about how much more gas is in the tank. I think Nick Saban's troubled by the state of college football. I don't think he likes playing the game as it's being played right now. Not not necessarily on the field, but the out, off the field stuff. His team has not improved. His team continues to shoot itself in the foot. I think he's going to look in the mirror and really either there's going to be some changes on this staff or he's going to look and say, how much longer do I really want to do this? I don't see him as having a hobby wanting to go, you know, do something else, but right. there's going to be, there's going to be some, a day of reckoning in that staff room because they're just not playing like they should given what we've all come to as the standard of Alabama football. As I sat and I watched that game on CBS on Saturday, the pregame show, the halftime show, the dashing and debonair blonde that's in the uh, in the <laughs> or, studio, or what's left of his blonde hair. That's right. <laughs> I I thought to myself, if I had come out of a seven week coma on Saturday morning at twelve thirty Pacific time, or Saturday noon at twelve thirty Pacific time, and I tuned in the game on CBS, and it was the first game I was watching college football this season. I would have concluded that Tennessee's offense and quarterback was one of the worst offenses and quarterbacks <laughs> that had to be in co- There couldn't be a worse offense, and yet they came in as the best. Now, you said something to me before I hit the record button, and you, right. al- and you always do this to me. You have these incredible pearls of wisdom before <laughs> I hit the record button. Um, you said that you think Tennessee would beat Georgia – on a neutral field if they played another time, maybe in a national championship semifinal or something? No. My taco time pick of the week when we get to that weekend, should it come to pass, should the Tennessee volunteers, and I believe the committee will have them at the four hole when they determine really? the rankings this week. I think they'll be one ahead of TCU. When that happens, if Georgia and Tennessee play for a national championship, as we've seen Alabama and Georgia play for a national championship in the past. Tennessee will be a double-digit underdog. I will take Tennessee in that game. You'll take them plus the point. You won't take them to win the game. Well, I, I will not shock me if they win the game because they're talented enough at wide receiver to win the game. They just didn't play up to their standards. They were bamboozled by the crowd. They got off their their standard of you know excellence in throwing the ball, and they didn't take advantage of what was being given to them by the Georgia defense. And I think when they pour over this film, they're going to go, oh, my goodness, much like I did when I looked at the film. You and I, I think that uh, there's a chance that this can be a different outcome. So let's go back to the original point, which is you think that Tennessee will be number four on Tuesday night when the committee unveils You and I both concluded that the only way Tennessee gets back into the playoff picture if they lose to Georgia, this was a week ago on Mitch Unfiltered, and this was after I hit the record button. Yes. You and I both concluded that Tennessee had to play Georgia tight because they're not going to get a chance to play in the SEC championship game. If they lose, they got to lose competitive, and there was a late touchdown 
that made it a two touchdown game. They really were dominated. It, it really wasn't a game in the first in the first half, and then the rains came, and anybody watching that game could see that it was going to be hard to get back into it. But in comparison to the Oregon beatdown against Georgia in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, Tennessee was more competitive. And you saw balls where guys were just a little overthrown. Now, listen, winners talk, losers walk. We all get that. I'm just saying, as I looked at that film, Tennessee is mad as they can be at themselves, knowing that was not close to what they're capable of doing. And I will predict that if they play them again, it right. will be a different outcome. Okay, but let's talk about... Who controls their own destiny? That okay. That phrase that we've used for a hundred years love it. in sports. We love it. Yeah. There, there, there can only be, and because the definition of who controls their own destiny is, for our listeners who don't know, is win and you're in. It doesn't matter. You control your own destiny. Well, there can only be, as I see it, five teams, because there's four, including Ohio State and Michigan, who obviously will play one another. That means there's a fifth team that controls its own destiny. So let's talk about who are the teams as we sit here without knowing on Tuesday night what the committee is going to do. You are actually hinting at it that you believe Tennessee, as of the moment, controls its own destiny. No? Yes? No. 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 Because there are undefeated teams still behind them in in my how I would rank the best teams currently. Okay. Uh, a TCU controls its own destiny. Definitely. TCU, Definitely. TCU wins out. Then they win They're the in. big 12 championship game and they go undefeated. They're going to be at least number four, if not better. So they get to play a marquee game this weekend against Texas. Texas won, right. making it a, putting it in with a capital M. Right. It now, it now becomes one of those games. TCU would go past Tennessee. It's possible in a, you know, a thriller between Ohio state and Michigan, the loser in that, that game could go by Tennessee as long as they continue to look impressive, uh, even though they won't get to play in a t- playoff because they will be like-minded teams. But Tennessee has been so good for so long. I think given where they played and the rough first half, but how they were com- much more competitive in the second half, I think they're still in the world that we know to be college football where stuff happens and it's hard to get to the dance undefeated that they're in good shape still to make the playoff as the fourth seed. But new Heisel, you haven't answered the question. The question is which that what are the, what are the other teams? Georgia controls its own destiny. Yes. Yes. Ohio state controls its own destiny. Yes. Yes. Michigan controls its own destiny. Yes. Yes. Okay. TCU. TCU. That's four. Four. There's a fifth team that controls its own destiny. Who is it? The fifth team that controls its own destiny, I would say, I would LSU. still argue. LSU. LSU. No, no. Ole Miss. Ole Miss. If they beat Alabama and LSU were to fall off. Uh, 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 but then they don't control uh, their own destiny. Yeah, you're right. So, so L- LSU. Wins out. Beach Georgia in the SEC championship game will have beaten LSU, Alabama. LSU, LSU controls its there own destiny. There you go. There's LSU controls its own destiny. So now yeah. you're putting me in a position. But remember what happened between LSU and Tennessee. LSU would get to the have the SEC championship under their belt, and they would have two losses. One of those losses is to Tennessee at LSU. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. I, I still think Tennessee gets in. I, I I don't buy the LSU deal. 
you got to think about it a second. I'm going to give you a chance to think about it. LSU, I'm thinking oh, about it. No, They're no, the hold champion. On, hold on. LSU will have run off a series of victories that includes right. Alabama and Georgia, the team that everybody will be saying at that point, nobody can beat. LSU will have run off the table, run the table, including a win over Georgia as like a two touchdown or more underdog in Atlanta in the SEC. LSU in that situation will get in over Tennessee. 40 to 13 in the bayou. <laughs> okay. Okay. 40 to 13, Mitch. Okay. In the bayou. What are they going to say? It was too early a game? I don't know. 11 o'clock, 11.30, whatever is too early. We weren't ready. You're going to put Tennessee, have not in the SEC championship game, over LSU, not only in the championship game, winners of the conference over Georgia. You're not going to put we, LSU in. We've never had a team with two losses in the college football playoff. It would be the first one. Brian yep. Kelly would be the first one, I say, in that situation. But okay, let's stop the argument and 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 turn our attention to a different group. Because I believe with the Clemson loss to Notre Dame, the upset, and the Alabama loss to LSU on Saturday night, boy, did that breathe in some new life to teams called Oregon and USC. Oregon, oh, yes, indeed. Oh, those two results, those just those two, I was going to say singular results, but that one. And don't right. you leave out my UCLA Bruins, okay, the, little, UCLA Bruins. The, the little gutty Bruins yeah. that are sitting around there in the chicken coop. True, true. But you've got USC and Oregon who, again, control their own destiny to play against one another in the championship game of the Pac-12. We've got a re- we, I mean, I got Oregon against Washington. You and I have to talk about that. That's the new, the, the, the latest chapter of that rivalry is going to be written this coming Saturday. But here we've got an Oregon team that all of a sudden, it's been a long time since that Georgia game. A long time. And Georgia continues to say to everybody, we are miles better than everybody else. So why not Oregon if they run the table and beat USC in the in the Pac-12 championship? Well, it's certainly Oregon's alive. And I, in my rankings, I would have Oregon sitting there probably at number six or seven. I think I had him at six. Okay. Yeah, I, I think uh, right after TCU. Bo Nix... Get your kicks on Route 66 <laughs> and take Bo Nix. I mean, he's been fantastic. He has been uh, uh, unbelievable 70-some-odd percent in like five straight games and just phenomenal football being played by the Ducks. But it hasn't exactly been against Murderer's Row. They had UCLA in there but didn't make UCLA punt ever. I mean, there was one, inter- one uh, turnover, but they didn't make him punt. I still think... They have to do it on the road against a formidable deal, or they have to do it in Las Vegas, and they're going to get that chance. And how about USC? I I think USC has always got the USC exude college football. Hmm. They look you look at the the whole ambiance of a game with the Trojans in it. You like the uniforms, you like the cheerleaders, you like the whole thing. It's just a it's college football, and if they're good. College football is good. So, yes, the Trojans are alive and well. Did you catch any of the Friday night UW-Oregon State game in the wind and the rain and the power outage? I did not. I did not. I was flying... I was flying back. My son was playing in a golf tournament in Alabama, so I was on a plane. I was very impressed with the Huskies finding the resolve to win the game in those kind of elements. Do you give UW a puncher's chance in Eugene? They're a a two-touchdown underdog 
in Eugene I, this weekend. I thought about taking the dogs as my uh, pick? as my pick, my taco time pick of the week. But yep. uh, I think Oregon at home is so good, and Bo Nix is playing so well right now that I can't count on elements and all that stuff to make sure it's perfect for Michael Penix, even though I think he can have a big night. Which brings us to the Taco Time Northwest, who was doing some work over the weekend. You know, Taco Time, I'm, 60 I'm, years. I'm, yes. I'm going to take, take the ball this time. Really? I'm taking the ball this time. All right. Well, first of all, let me tell everybody that Taco Time Northwest always celebrates those that do some work, always looking to add quality people with great compensation packages to their team. All you got to do is go to tacotimenw.com, sign up for a virtual interview, and you could be a member of the Taco Time Northwest team. I always give New Heisel the opportunity to call the coin flip or to take the ball. He always defers. He always lets me go first. Uh, but he says he's taking the ball this time, right? You're going to go down. I'm and taking score. the ball. Okay. My two, my two signature moments of the season thus far, and there have been some great ones, right? The, the Alabama uh, loss at Tennessee with the, the goalpost going up through the stadium and being dumped in the river. I mean, that's college football and then some, right? Uh, there's been so many, but there have been a scoreboard. There's a scoreboard doing some work in Lawrence, Kansas, Ooh. Lawrence, Kansas, the Kansas Jayhawks, Mitch have been the downtrodden. <laughs> they, you talk about the team that has been in that bottom 10 column. That's I, 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 they have to, they're perennial. <laughs> it's forever, uh -huh. right? They got to hear about their basketball program, yeah. this, that, and the other thing they have been beaten and not since Gail Sayers and John Hadle have they been, you know, formidable. That scoreboard this week, this year, doing some work, showed 5-0. and oh, And late, the latest headline on that scoreboard in the aftermath of yet another big win for Kansas, a one-sided victory over Oklahoma State, bowl eligible. They had the longest streak in the country in the FBS for not having been to a bowl, been since 2008. Kansas is going bowling. Lance Leipold, that entire team, Jalen Daniels, who got hurt. He's coming back. The new kid, Bean, the quarterback, Bean. They're all doing work, and they're all going bowling. And I salute them on behalf of Taco Time. There you go. That was so beautifully done. I don't think I should take the ball. I, I should just give it back <laughs> to you. Did I take yours? No, you didn't take mine. <laughs> you didn't take mine. If we gave the Taco Time Award for doing some work to a statistical, someone who excels statistically on a given Saturday, we would never give it to a quarterback in 2022 who went 17 of 25 for 257 yards, two touchdowns. That's a good day, but that's not going to jump when, when guys are throwing for 500 yards. But I got to right. say something. That for the last couple of years, all we talk about are Bryce Young and this guy and that guy and the Georgia defense and the Georgia defense is stifling and nobody can beat the Georgia. And all I know is that this guy, Stetson Bennett, every <laughs> single time I watch a big game, he's like cool, calm and collected, throwing balls right on the button, wind, rain, doesn't matter. He just seems like a winner to me. 
And no one ever talks about the guy with all the, the quarter. And maybe he's not an NFL quarterback. But That's not true. I wore a Stetson hat <laughs> on the set at CBS in honor of the great Stetson So there Bennett. you go. Not this last week. Okay. But I did many week, many uh, a couple years back. The guy's 25 years old. He's fabulous. I call him the little train that could. And don't tell him that because he doesn't like it. But he's phenomenal. All he does is win. All he does is win. All he does is win. So why not give him the Taco Time Northwest doing some work? I mean, he went out and he just did, you know. Did he, you hear? Did you hear the uh, Tennessee fans got a hold of his phone number and they were no. calling him incessantly the night before the no, game? No. So when he scored that touchdown, he you know scrambled out of the pocket and got in. He got out there and goes, "Call me, oh. call me now." <laughs> Beautiful. Stetson Bennett. I like it. Every single week, just comes and shows up and takes a you know takes a back seat to his defense and takes a back seat to that number 19 Bowers who's such a great player and they got good running backs and good offensive linemen and all he does is show up and orchestrate he's like uh, Leonard Bernstein and the Boston <laughs> Pops all he does is orchestrate victories he may not play on Sundays but he's sure a winner in college football anyway that's my uh, that's my choice now six and three I think we are Yes. Six and three over nine games against the spread. That's 667. Bob Levy is screaming from above somewhere. Stop, Rick. Stop. The Texas pick over, over Kansas Levy. State was yeah, really. Bob Levy. I hear his voice in my ears. Yes, I it hear It was a great pick. He got You got Texas over Kansas State. You told us that Texas was going to go there. That was a week after Kansas State had beaten Oklahoma State, what, 48 or 49 to nothing? You had yes. the You had the, the, the balls to pick against them at home. You got Sark going there, and you hit it. This is a great way to end it. Let the people take you off on their shoulders, Bob Levy says. Don't let's get to seventy percent, I say to Bob. <laughs> let's get to seventy percent. Okay. Let's do it. All right. I'm looking at the board this week, and there's some intriguing stuff. I, I really kind of want I want to give a shout out, and he's not a buddy of mine, but give credit where credit's due to Jim Mora Jr. Jim Mora Jr. has taken over the Connecticut Huskies and he's got him at five wins. Now they play Liberty this week. Liberty is a 14 and a half point favorite Liber and the game's in Connecticut. Liberty just beat Arkansas. Hugh freeze is now the talk of the town, maybe going back to Auburn. Now he may stay right where he is. He just signed an extension. So we'll wait and see, but Connecticut, this, this, this program that is, you know, more abound. I mean, they were literally and figuratively now that more is the coach has found a way to, get themselves into bowl potential 14 and a half is too many that Connecticut's going to be. in. that's just a cherry though. I'm not making that. I don't that like that pick. one. I'm telling you but right I, now. I don't like that one. Yeah. You don't like it. I've seen them. I've seen them play and I echo your sentiments about the job that Moore has done. I've seen them play a couple of times. I don't know how they ever win a game. They've got so little offense. They're getting so such little production from the quarterback position. I'm with position. you. I, it, I don't know result, how they ever a results, win a game. It's a results uh, okay. observation right. based on what I've seen. Okay. All right, here's, here's the pick. Okay. I don't necessarily like doing it because 34 points is a lot, but we're taking the Trojans. This was too close a call when they got uh, past Cal this weekend. They're at home. Here comes Colorado. Colorado's down. They got UCLA the week after. This is going to be a tune-up. 
Look for the Trojans to roll. I'm going to say oh. that win by more than 40. Oh. Right now they're, they're, they're right now they're favored by 34. I'm taking the Trojans. Boy, are we laying some lumber? Third, I don't know that we've ever laid this kind. We've of- not laid it, but oh. this this is a setting that that it deserves to be laid. All righty, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Well, what, what do we got on CBS this weekend? What's the big What's the big game of the week on CBS and the SEC? Down in the Grove in Oxford, Mississippi, John Grisham and John John Grisham and Company will be hosting a big soiree as the Alabama Crimson Tide comes to Hottie Toddy Land. Okay. Took a little bit of a hit from a reigning standpoint when when uh, they didn't get past LSU and Brian Kelly went for two, which, by the way, BK now stands for big, you know, <laughs> cojones, cojones. And I don't think you spell it with a K, but I did in this case. Uh, that was that was a monster move, but uh, great win for LSU. But the great game in the Grove on CBS. Is he entitled to do the next few press conferences with a with a make believe southeastern <laughs> conference or louisiana he can say accent. family all he wants now <laughs> he can even have it with some uh, sweet tea <laughs> there you have it unfiltered presents taco time northwest presents taco time nw.com our friend rick neweisel each and every week during the college football season we're getting down to the nitty-gritty now we're getting down to the nitty-gritty thank you rick doing some work see you buddy hey look who's back Look who's back. Jordan Flowers, cross-country mortgage. Hear what I did there? Cross-country mortgage in Kirkland, weathering the interest rate storm to continually provide his clients cost-cutting opportunities. How are you, J-Flow? Doing great. We're back in the swing of things with school starting, kids' activities. It's a fun time. What's new over there? What are you working on these days? You know, we are staying incredibly busy really right now. It's just educational information for agents and buyers. We're helping agents with their listings, trying to help them see win-win scenarios for their sellers and buyers, trying to keep sales prices up for those sellers to get all the equity they can in the home, but also help buyers see the monthly payment that they kind of had slated in their head. So putting together different payment options and programs for them there. And then holding a lot of homebuyer seminars, homebuyer classes. So if anybody listening is interested in just coming to an informational home buying seminar and what's available to you and what to be looking for when buying a home, then email me and we'll get you on the next slated home buying class. Okay. I'll ask you for your email at the end. Because borrowing money has become hopefully temporarily expensive. We've seen a little slowdown in home values, but not as much as you would think. Why do you think that is, Jordan? Yeah, we've not seen much of a dip here. And you might read in the newspapers that a huge crash is coming. We don't really see that happening and playing out in this market. I think we have a very strong economy in general in this Seattle market. We've always been protected, even in the worst times. The last time we went through this in 08, 09, but really prices have leveled out. We're not depreciating. We're just not appreciating as quickly. So I would say still, it's a great time to list. You might not be getting a million dollars over list like we were at the beginning of the year, but we're still gaining value. Yeah. And overall in King County, it's maybe two, 3% right now, but pure Snohomish, we're still looking great. You and your team, of course, kind of famously made the career shift 
from the former company, let's call it, to cross country. What does that change mean to your clients, Jordan? Yeah, the the switch was really an opportunity for us to have more programs and products available to a larger audience base that we work with, self-employed borrowers, unique income scenario borrowers, investment property buyers, and just a more direct line to underwriting for us to make more make sense decisions on the clients that we have, as well as a much larger product offering for jumbo buyers. So opened up the product mix for us. If you want to take a class or you want to learn a little bit more about home buying, What's the, uh, you always give us your phone number. What's the email for Jordan Flowers? Yeah, my email is Jordan, J-O-R-D-A-N, period, flowers, F-L-O-W-E-R-S, at myccmortgage.com. Jordan.flowers at myccmortgage.com. We love Jordan Flowers. We love Cross Country Mortgage, a great partner of Mitch Unfiltered. Unfiltered. Stuff segment, episode 213, Hot Shot Scott. You know, this was a historic win for the Seahawks really quick for, for betters. Wasn't the over under five and a half for Seahawk yes. wins? Wow. Oh, don't get me started. By early November, don't you're good and not sweating it at all. Please tell me you have a ticket I later. I thought at the time, we've talked about this. <laughs> I think there's a oh, clip God. somewhere. I think producer Steve has a clip of me somewhere saying... You have got to be crazy yeah. if you think the Seahawks are not going to win more than five games this year. Yeah. I, look, I thought that they would be seven and ten, or you know, yeah. six and eleven, eight and nine, something like that. I, I'm not suggesting that I thought that they'd be a playoff team, but as soon as that number came out at five and a half, and you looked at their schedule, if you did any any semblance of research on their schedule, you yeah. knew this team regardless of how good the quarterback was, was going to win more than five games. Yep. They just were going to win more than five games, and they've done it before the second week in November. And part of your case was, you said, how did Geno look when he filled in for those four games? Okay. Yeah, but good enough to maybe manage and win, win a few games. Six and 11? Right, yeah. Right. You can, that's you, all they had to do was all, go six and All they needed was one pin, Rodney. That's right. <laughs> God, and here they are. The over has hit. Congratulations. I'll, I'll start the other stuff segment with a couple of requests. People want to know, Mitch, what about Mr. Playoffs for the Seattle Kraken? Oh, is that, does that make you uncomfortable since you don't really know yeah, much about hockey? Very uncomfortable. Does it? Okay. But Mr., it doesn't make Mr. Playoffs uncomfortable. Oh, it doesn't? Okay, no. that's good to hear. Did you know that as the t- at the time that we're recording this, that the Seattle Kraken are 7-4-1 and one in their second season? Impressive. In the NHL, and they are second in the Pacific Division behind only Vegas. The Vegas... Ace? No, the nice. Vegas... Golden the Aces is WNBA, I think. And they're ahead of Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Kings. So you've got the Kraken at second in the Pacific Division. Do you know, Hotshot Scott? I don't. Whatever you're going to. The playoff format in the <laughs> NHL. Yeah. Would you like to know? Sure. So there's two divisions. Okay. Hotshot Scott. Two divisions in each conference. Okay. The top three teams of each division get a playoff spot. And the two best records otherwise in the conference, regardless of division, get a playoff spot. So there's eight teams oh, gotcha. okay. from the East and eight teams from the West. You got that? Yep, I'm with you. So the eight teams from the West are the three from one division, the three from the Kraken's division, mm-hmm. and then the two with the next best records that are not part of the top three. Gotcha. 
the Seattle Kraken at seven and four and one are second in the Pacific. So they would be in the playoffs if the season ended today, which it doesn't. Wow. And it's stupid to even talk about. Impressive. And they would have a first round meeting with the Los Angeles Kings because the way it works is the number one division winner plays against the lower wild card. Yep, makes sense. The other division winner plays against the higher wild card. Mm -hmm. And then the four teams left, which are the two and three of each division. Did that make sense? They play each other. Oh, okay. So the Seattle Kraken, if the season ended today, would play a best of seven opening round series where they would have the home ice advantage against the Los Angeles Kings and Wayne Gretzky. Huh? Uh, Gretzky, is he still there? there. I don't think he's there. Oh, he's not there. there. The Seattle Kraken and the Los Angeles Kings would play a best of seven series if the season ended today. Mm -hmm. The first two games would be here at the Climate Pledge Arena. The next two games would be in Los Angeles at Staples Center. I don't think it's not called Staples Center. It's Crypto something. Um, And then 1-1-1 for the right to go to the second round. 7-4-1, and one, your Seattle Kraken. There you go. Look at them. I like it. There's a Mr. Playoffs for the Seattle Kraken. Officials in Wyandotte, Michigan, I'm probably saying it wrong, said a cockroach infestation has been confirmed at a vacant home after a tip from a garbage trash hauler. The pests have been moving to other homes. Sidewalks were closed Monday night on Halloween on a portion of 20th Street, so kids could not trick-or-treat in a certain neighborhood they live in because of a cockroach infestation it's i guess it's kind of near detroit this place they don't want the bugs hitching a ride on costumes is what the detroit free press reported this you, whole thing grosses me out so bad do you know reason. cockroaches no i'm not that familiar with yeah, them i don't think people from here know cockroaches yeah i don't think so either. i grew up with cockroaches well it's hot there right? i mean they yeah. don't they thrive in hot let me tell you who else grew up with cockroaches hot shot yeah your father-in-law Oh, he did, he used yes. to shoot cockroaches. Oh, ticks, cockroaches. Oh, God, he loves it. <laughs> Shoots them all, yeah. Yeah, so sad uh, for those kids who are not allowed to trick-or-treat in their neighborhood. How much is Geno Smith worth on the open market? Hmm. Will he return to the Seattle Seahawks next year? He is a free agent to be. Just to give you a thought, Ryan Tannehill of the Tennessee Titans made $29.5 million this year. Carson Wentz of the Washington Commanders, $32 million this year. So I'll ask again, <laughs> Geno Smith's worth on the open market yeah. if he becomes a free agent and some team wants to pay him. He's 32, by the way. I thought he was a little younger than that. I would think it starts at 30. I would think three years, 90 million, something like that. Four years, 120 mil, probably not that much. Yeah, probably not. I mean, but three years, 90 million, you don't think somebody will pay? If he keeps having the year that he's having? That's the key. And he leads them into the playoffs? Ask me after the Super Bowl is over what I think is worth Three it. years, 90 million for him. Would you pay it if you're the Seahawks? Or would you let him walk? You need to tell me what happens this year before I can Okay, make I'll tell decision. you what happens. They make it to the playoffs. The Niners nip them for the division. They go in as a wild card. And they lose in the first round at somebody else's home field in the first round, the wild card round of the NFC. And he continues to play like this. He finishes. I'll give you his final stats. You want his final stats? Yeah, sure. He finishes with 4,154 yards, mm-hmm. 74% passing, 28 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. Because that's the pace he's on. So I'll just give him, give him to you. That's a hell of a good year right there. Would you pay him three years, $90 million to come back to the Seahawks? Three years for a 32-year-old? Can I do a two-year deal? No. 
Three years, 30 million, or he walks. Three years, 90 million, or he walks. I don't want to start over again with a gotta new start, quarterback. Got to start over again if he walks. 30 million. What's what's Russ making in Denver? I don't want to just pull another <laughs> Russ. Uh, I think he's going to make $50 million a year for the next five years. Yeah. I think the Broncos ownership, the new Broncos ownership is going, what? <laughs> How much are we paying that guy? I know. Yeah. To do exercises on a plane? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm paying for Gino. If, if he has those kinds of numbers in his first year as like a full-fledged starter, right? Isn't this his first time he's ever really started a whole season? Three years, $90 million. I think I'm in for that. Most of it guaranteed. A lot of it, it's signing. Yeah. You're in? I'm in. Okay. How about you? I don't think you can let him go if he plays like this the remainder of the year. Yeah. I mean, I think it would have to be an obnoxious contract. And by the way, there might be an obnoxious team out there that's just willing to yeah. say, hey, Gino, come here and we'll give you we'll give you $100 million. We'll give you $105 million. We've I don't seen know. it before. Yeah, it's a quarterback. Right. It's an NFL quarterback. Teams are always desperate for NFL quarterbacks. Yeah. I would imagine if he's red hot, somebody might just pay the piper. Yeah. He may be too expensive for the Seahawks to bring back. I don't know. God, imagine. Have you seen the Dylan Moore car dealership commercial? I think we're going to have the same thoughts on this. <laughs> I just saw it on Saturday for the first time. Yes. You hadn't seen it? No. What strikes you about the car dealership commercial for our buddy Dylan Moore, the Seattle Mariners? Well, there's a couple things, okay. but... <laughs> I have a thing that I've noticed with people that when they're not telling the truth, they do a big blink. Oh. That's why I've... It's I've, not where I was going. I, I know. I, no one was going there but me. I understand that. But I, I've noticed that when people aren't telling the truth, they'll be like, oh, I loved your play. Like, you could see oh. him kind of do like a long blink. Really? And when he said the lowest prices in town, he did a big blink, <laughs> and it kind of bumped me. Now, I'm sure they do have the lowest price. I don't know. But it, uh, that's... Are you calling up. Dylan Moore a liar? <laughs> Where are you going? We love. They don't mention the Seattle Mariners. It's oh, Dylan Moore from, from your favorite your baseball favorite, team. Your favorite fa or Seattle's favorite baseball team from Seattle's favorite baseball team. Yeah, I did. They even throw that. the from in there. Why are they not allowed to say that? To say is that a rule? Yeah, there's got to be something. There's got to be a a Mariner thing or a Major League Baseball thing. You got to pay. I'm sure you yeah. got to pay X amount to use the Mariner's name. <laughs> I think it's the most stupid thing in the world if you really want to know. It's it's tough to watch, though. Dylan Moore from Seattle's favorite baseball team. <laughs> That's so lame. <laughs> oh. Hi, this is Dylan Moore. Do you like low prices oh, on cars? I, my, oh. my point was not to make fun of Dylan Moore. I know, I know. What do Come I on. know? He's, he's doing ads for cars and I'm not. Good for him. A sheriff's office in Ohio yanked photos of its mounted unit, you know, the cops on horses from Facebook. Yeah. After some people misinterpreted the horse's Halloween costumes. Any idea what the horses were dressed up like? <laughs> the horses were dressed up like ghosts, not the clan, according to the police department. They were supposed to be ghosts, but the horses had big white. Oh. Really? really? No one thought this through. <laughs> Lake County's mounted deputies had gone out Monday to mingle no. with trick-or-treaters, and the horses were draped in sheets wearing hoods with large eye holes. Jesus. No one saw this coming. Really? Really, police department. Uh, oh. So those pictures have been taken down from the old Facebook. Daniel Snyder finally succumbs to pressure. He puts the commanders up for sale. The price mm. tag, $6 billion. Already a couple of names have been floated around as potential buyers of the Washington Commanders NFL team. Would you like to know their names? Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos, long believed 
uh, to be a, a an interested future owner of a National Football League team, I think he's probably got the cash to do it. Well, you don't need to run a credit check on no, him? No, I think you he could probably him? just write a little check. He can, okay. That, that's good. For $6 billion and he'd be the owner of the Washington. But yeah. there's another name being floated about. Okay. Byron Allen. <laughs> Are you serious? Come on. I can't take it with this Byron Allen. Where does he get all his money? Looking to become the first ever black owner after... Failing in his attempt to buy the Denver Broncos, Byron Allen has injected himself oh. in the uh, in the sweepstakes to buy the Washington Commanders football so team. So a house for $150 million didn't even put a dent oh, in him, apparently. Oh, God. Starring Harrison Ford, Julia <laughs> Roberts, Byron Allen, <laughs> George Clooney, Jerry Seinfeld. Boy, oh. this is a hell of a show this guy put together. <laughs> Holy cow, look at all these names. God. Well, uh, we we laugh because we're envious and jealous. All right, you see Ben Gordon again? Ex- again, I got it on my list. Yeah, having some trouble. He attacked two McDonald's security guards. He did at three thirty in the morning in Chicago, right? At McDonald's, yeah. Yeah, thirty nine year old was taken into custody at three thirty, like you said on Friday. He was uh, escorted out of the Mickey D's. That's when he got physical. He struck a 29-year-old male guard in the face, threw him to the ground before shoving a second 21-year-old male guard to the ground as well. He was booked for two counts of misdemeanor battery. And then we talked about him. He was accused of punching his 10-year-old son in the head at an airport for dropping a book less than a month ago. Ben Gordon, the former UConn star, the former NBA player, made a lot of money, was a good player in the NBA. and Third overall pick. Third overall pick? Yeah, in 2004. That's pretty darn good. Are the French fries even any good at 3.30 in the morning at McDonald's? <laughs> oh, sh- everything's good at 3.30. Have you ever been to a McDonald's at 3.30? Uh, I don't know if I've been to a McDonald's at 3.30. 3.30. The- I didn't even know that they're open. A- the one that I worked at a few years ago. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that you're soon going to be working at again. <laughs> yes. The one that I worked at used to close. We used to close at like 10 or 11, oh, 10 30 sure. or 11 o'clock at night. Who's open at 3 30 in the morning? It's a, the 24 hour thing is And aren't you new. asking for trouble if you open your McDonald's at 3 30 in the morning? Yes. Yes. But I think a lot of them are drive through only, and that's probably how they should keep it. Oh. To keep people from coming in and getting in fights, drunken fights. I mean, yeah, Waffle Houses, I mean, they, they're open oh. 24 hours. And there's oh, yeah, nothing good comes at 3 30 in the morning when you're trying to get food. Hotshot, lots of fallout on this Kyrie Irving anti-Semitic tweet from the film. There's been lots of fallout, including one of our favorite people now is involved. Did you see that? Couldn't believe it. Yeah. So Nike suspends the relationship with Kyrie, Kyrie Irving, bad guy. He finally apologizes after his social media tweet of an anti-Semitic film. I could read to you if you want. He was suspended for five games. People think it'll be a lot longer than that. To all the Jewish families and communities that I hurt. And affected from my post, I'm deeply sorry, he said. And now there are others that have kind of backed him up on social media that are finding themselves in the hot seat and having to apologize. And one of them is a is one of the nicest guys. I'm just so, so disappointed yeah. that he ended up in the middle of all this. First of all, you got Vanderbilt football defensive backs coach Dan Jackson. He released a statement Friday night apologizing for his recent Facebook comments defending Kanye West over those anti-Semitic comments. Can, can you go watch film for the next week's opponent, for God's sakes? What are you on Facebook for? Vanderbilt defensive backs coach Dan Jackson <laughs> thought it was a good idea to tweet this. Are okay. you ready? Oh, or, to, yeah. or to Facebook this. He didn't think that this might cause a problem. Okay. You ready? I'm ready, yeah. Quote, Kanye is two steps ahead of everyone. Oh, no. 
Rappers and athletes are taught they need to think the same as the media and politicians. If they have an opinion that is opposite the mainstream, they're called crazy. More people need to wake up and speak their mind Mm. like Kanye. (laughs) Never did Dan Jackson, Vanderbilt coach, say, maybe I shouldn't hit send on that one. Maybe that's not going to sit well with a lot of people. Probably sit this one out so I can keep my my benefits and my paycheck and that kind of thing. And then there is the one and only... K.J. Wright. Bizarre. K.J. Wright, our guy. I know. I don't know exactly what he wrote because it was pulled down and I haven't been able to find. Do you have what he wrote? I I have the apology looking back at my actions. This is K.J. Wright. I was trying to deliver a message, but in doing so, the words that I used, the examples that I used were very hurtful to a lot of people and caused a lot of people tons of pain. And I just want you guys to know that I never intended to spread any, any form of hate or anti-Semitic views. I have nothing but love in my heart, and I'm truly sorry for the pain that I caused a lot of people. Apparently, he supported Kyrie Irving in some way in a social media post. Yeah, KJ Wright. he did, but it was more like, um, you know, people have their own opinion, maybe, you know, but it's okay for you to have your opinion, but he's not allowed to have his. I think it was closer to that than it was, you know what, he's right! It was, wasn't quite that. For some reason, when I, I saw KJ, he did a video of him apologizing. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, I just believe his apology. That's more, because we're in the bag for KJ Wright. Maybe we're in the bag If we for were KJ in Wright. St. Louis or we didn't know anything, we probably would come down on KJ Wright as much as we've come down on anybody else. Is it being in the bag or, or kind of his track record of him being a good guy too? Maybe. Maybe the Vanderbilt coach is a good guy. Yeah. We just made fun of the Vanderbilt coach. I, I would have. I just would think that if you're a celebrity or an athlete or somebody like that, somebody of prominence, yeah. and you read the Kyrie Irving thing and see the firestorm of controversy, or you read the Kanye West thing and see the fire, I, I, I would run, literally run yeah. from my computer and my phone. I'm a Jewish guy in Iran. I, <laughs> you don't want to be accused of being anti-Semitic too? I, I, don't, I don't even want to hit a button. I don't, I don't want to hit the wrong button on my yeah. phone, I know. on my oh, computer. Right. I, I'm like... Yeah. I got to get the hell out of here. That's I, right. I hit under my desk when those two things oh, came yeah. out. I took my computer. I threw it in the pond behind my house. I didn't want to touch it. And I, so you got to just wonder about these guys that oh. jumped on to rally to the support of Kanye or yeah. Kyrie, including KJ Wright. KJ's got to know better. You see something like that, you you put your your devices down yeah. and you you go the other way That's and right. like, don't touch anything. Not the horse you want to tie your cart to no. these days. Yeah. No, especially the horses you were talking about. Stand down. Yes, that's right. Now they would tie their, themselves to <laughs> Those ones Ku Klux Klan horses. That's right. Uh, well, you'd be happy to know that my, my daughter's basketball team ordered new team shoes and uh, they ordered the, uh, the new Kyries. Oh, the new Kyries are not coming out anytime soon. <laughs> What are they going to wear? They're going to go barefoot now yes. when they play games? Yes. I swear to God, he. May, I hate to say it, he's the only one that makes basketball shoes that, that people want to buy and wear. Really? Like, I didn't even know that. The LeBrons are okay. They're not that. Kyrie makes His shoe brand is great, so now everyone's going to be screwed for basketball shoes. All right. It's one thing for a football team to destroy its opponent. Oh, I got it. That was my next one. IMG Academy? Go. Is that what you're Yo, going to do? Oh, no, yeah. you go. I want to hear you your version of the story. Go, I've please. never seen anything like this, oh. I don't think. Oh. IMG Academy out of Bradenton, Florida. Yes. Scored 96 points they at sure the did. end of the first half. Its opponent, West Toronto Prep. Yes. <laughs> clearly not Prep aired, scored nothing. The humiliation was just too much to bear. Officials called it a game they at called halftime. called it a game. And the Twitter account for this IMG Academy 
was sending out like excited, like, oh, like one of the linemen holding the guy up after he scored <laughs> 56 nothing in yeah. the first quarter or whatever. Yeah. It's like, oh, can we? I don't know. Well, the first thing you need to know, Hotshot, is that the IMG Academy is known for having great, great, great football and basketball. It is. Programs. Okay. Oh, yeah. Their, their basketball teams and their football teams are always in the top five or 10 in the country. Okay. Always. And the next thing you need to know is the West Toronto team, yeah. before the game, before making the trip to play IMG Academy, they were 0 and 5 and had been outscored 195 to 6. Oh, no. So, <laughs> who's up next? Again, IMG, say. Again, I hate to try to inject common sense like I did on the Kyrie Irving thing. But yeah. Again, if I'm a team that's 0 and 5 and have been outscored 195 to 6, is it the greatest idea to take a game with one of the great high school programs, powerhouses that put in guys to Georgia and Alabama and Notre Dame every single year? Is it? Or no. should we not play that game? You may want to sit, Who sit scheduled that, that game? Why is that game on the schedule? <sighs> Do they get money for going there? So, I mean, does, that's not, does it work that way like in college? It yeah. turns out all these years we've been mispronouncing a certain singer's name. Okay. Is it sure? No, it's the singer that sings Hello. Oh. And Someone Like You. Oh, sure. I like her, yeah. Her name is what? Adele. No, it's not. Wow. According to an interview with her this past week on some podcast, she said people have been mispronouncing my name since the beginning. And she just let it go. I'm Adele. Not Del. Dale. I'm Adele. Like D- a Dale, like D A L E, like a Dale H D A L E. That's what she said is the correct pronunciation of her name. It's a fight. She's not going to win. Y- it's just that people are <laughs> She's going to be a, du- I'm just telling Remember you. Remember Elijah tried to add the H at one point to it. Yeah, just forget it. You've been a key my whole life. I can't do it. Come on. Yeah. She will just be Adele going forward. I have a feeling a Dale. It's a Dale. Interesting. I I'm didn't just, know that. I'm just telling you. Are you uh, are you on for the the blue check mark from Elon Musk at eight dollars a month in, on Twitter? Are you on for that? It's like the first time I'm glad I'm not verified. Because I don't want to pay eight dollars a eight month. Eight bucks to him. a month to verify. By the way, he said that they were they were losing like four million dollars a day. A day. He had to he had to fire the whole like half of the entire company. Thousands of Twitter employees yes. were sent packing. Yeah. Because the app is hemorrhaging money. Yeah. How you just paid forty four billion or whatever. How is it hemorrhaging money? I don't understand. And if you can just get a blue, if anybody can get a blue mark, no matter if you are the person you say you are or not, doesn't that defeat the purpose? I thought the blue mark, I've never gotten a blue mark. I've never been able to get a blue check mark for whatever reason, back in my KJR days, in my non-KJR days, in my Mitch Unfiltered days, for whatever reason, they've always declined. Maybe they just don't think I am who I say I am. I don't know. (laughs) What, Debbie, come on. It's not like I'm... I mean, there are a lot. There are a lot of people with blue marks that have like a thousand followers. Oh, Not like I don't have enough followers. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I am who I am. Maybe they just don't believe I can verify who I am. Oh well, yeah. I mean, they they read your tweets. And they go, the real Mitch Levy wouldn't write this horse <laughs> shit. I mean, he's a little smarter than this. Okay, there's no so I, way that's it. So I've never been able to get a blue check mark. And I, I at one time I thought it was a problem because maybe it would help me, people to say, okay, that is Mitch. That's, oh gotcha. That is yeah, the yeah. Mitch guy that we we used to listen to. But for every reason I could. Now, Elon Musk comes around and he says, anybody can get a blue check mark. Just pay me $8 a month. So what does, how does that stop Frank Maloney in Issaquah <laughs> yeah. from saying, I'm Mitch Levy. 
Here's my eight dollars a month and getting a check mark and then making it making oh, something yeah. that says Mitch. Yeah. Mitch Issaquah or, or Mitch or something. That's true. And I saying that he's Mitch Levy. I, I'm in I'm in worse I'm in worse shape than I am before Elon Musk took over. So you're sure that's how it works? No, I don't know that how that's, that's how it works. I have no idea how it works. That because I, I didn't I don't remember reading that anyone can just get a I think he's trying to get the money from the no, know, no, the no, 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 no. I, I am certain that I read an article huh. that states that he has found it to be too uppity. Who could get blue check marks has been way too highbrow or high oh, class. He's a man of the people. Any anybody should be able to get a blue check mark, and you can now by paying me eight dollars a month. That's what I thought I read. Okay, yeah, you might be right. I don't know. It's been too arbitrary on who's been able to get check marks yeah. and who has not. Who's been able to get verified and who has not. Way too uppity the way they did this we're going to change it all and give everybody a chance to get a blue check mark which i believe might defeat the entire purpose it defeats the purpose the yeah. check mark was so people knew who was the ashton kutcher account. like what ash i gotta know that the ashton kutcher that i'm following <laughs> right is he still tweeting he was I like the no king idea. of twitter at I one point no all right this is my last one there okay. i guess there's no magic at the magic kingdom not for a new york city fugitive who successfully dodged the law for a year only to be captured at Disney World, so-called happiest place on earth. Quashon Burton was reportedly kicking it at Disney World's Animal Kingdom Park in October when federal postal inspector Jeff Andre spotted him. He identified Burton by a distinctive H tattoo on his neck and reported him to cops who caught up to him about an hour later. They reportedly found him with his family members while they were sitting at a bus stop in the park. They say mm. that... He wouldn't produce any ID, and he's resisted. They say his he ran from his home in Brooklyn last year after fraudulently obtaining over a hundred and fifty grand in forgivable PPP loans. Remember that that whole routine from right. the government. Right. Allegedly used multiple identities to get cash out of an ATM at a New York City post office, and it is in fact a small world after all. All right, you got any uh, RIPs? I've got a bunch. Oh, do you? I have one that happened recently. Well, you I got to stump the band question about an RIP. Okay. How many punters are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Hmm. Two. No. How many punters are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame and name them? There's only one. Ray Guy. There's literally one punter in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's Ray Guy. He passed away this week at the age of 72 years old. Did he he really? He was always the gold standard of the Oakland Raiders. Punter of the Raiders. Uh-huh. Now, now, what you don't know about Ray Guy, you remember Ray Guy and his booming punts. What you don't remember is a couple of things. Number one, he was a first-round draft choice out of Southern Miss. A first-round draft choice in 1973. You know why he was a first-round draft choice? Why? Because he was the all-time record holder for interceptions. He was a defensive back oh. for Southern Miss. He got three rings with the Raiders. Eight All-Pro teams. He was on the All-Decade team in the 1970s. The 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 phrase "hang time." Yeah, Ray Guy. It was never uttered until Ray Guy became a punter. Interesting. They started clocking what they called hang time. Yeah, yeah. Because of Ray Guy. Now the Ray Guy Award is awarded to the nation's top college punter. He had eight interceptions in one year, which I believe is still either first or second in Southern Mississippi's all-time record book. And if that's not enough, he struck out 260 batters in 220 innings <laughs> as a pitcher for Southern Miss, and he was selected in the Major League Baseball draft four times. Unreal. So before you think that punters are not athletes, right, yeah. think about Ray Guy. 
Unbelievable. I mean, I'm a lifelong Seahawks fan, so AFC West forever. So you remember. Totally remember Ray Guy. He was like long and like lanky. Long and, and lanky. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Did he have a schnoz on him? That he had a hell of a schnoz on him. <laughs> I remember Glad that. you remember. <laughs> I remember that as well. He's part of the all schnoz club. That's right. He's first, a proud member. For, he was first team all schnoz for many years. And, well, yeah. he was first team everything for many years. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Well, rest in peace to Ray Guy. 72 years old. Think about that. Yeah. He like revolutionized oh, the position, well, right? Well, and, think about it. But he was a virtual All-American defensive back. Yeah. He was a stud pitcher drafted in Major League Baseball four different times. He was drafted in the first round of Major League uh, in the NFL as a as a punter, and then he became the greatest punter of all time, and then he's the only punter in the Hall of Fame. How's that for yeah. a resume? Pretty good? Pretty Not, good resume. Made a bunch of money probably and could still walk after he retired because all he did was punt, right? He didn't have to go out all there and was bang punt. helmets and brilliant. Who well, else do you have? I got a bunch of guys. Well, I got Aaron Carter. Yeah, that, 34 uh, years old. Oh, boy, he's had some 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 demons. He just could not. Is that right? Oh, was yeah. It a, was it a drug overdose or I, what happened? I haven't seen. The, this just broke while we were recording Nick's brother, this, right? Nick Carter's brother, my that's buddy? That's right. He was the uh, Backstreet Boys? Yep. Aaron was found dead Saturday at his house in Lancaster, California. Multiple sources say his body was found in his bathtub. Law enforcement right. sources say they received a call at 11 a.m. on Saturday that a male had drowned in the tub. Such a shame. Oh, uh, he shot to fame in the late 90s as a pop singer, releasing four studio albums. He was very young, starting with his self-titled debut album in 97 when he was nine years old. Wow. You know, people want their kids to be famous sometimes. They get all you got to be careful with that. That childhood fame rarely ends well, does it? So we've got Aaron Carter at age 34. Yeah, we've 34. got Ray Guy at age 72. How about Dave Butts? Do you remember 19, 1980s? Giants? Defense? No, Redskins. Oh, Red, oh, that's right. Yes. 1980s Washington NFLer Dave Butts died at the age of oh. 72. Two Super Bowl rings. He was an All-Pro in 1983. He was an All-American at Purdue before he got to the NFL. He was a longtime star of the Washington Redskins at the time. Yeah. He, he passed away at 72. And then there's John McVeigh. You know the name? Yeah. McVeigh? McVeigh. Where do you know the name McVeigh from? That ring a bell? Yeah, but wasn't that the guy that blew up the Oklahoma City, Timothy McVeigh? Yeah, that's a different McVeigh. It is. Okay. Yeah. The coach of the Rams. Oh, yeah. I've heard of him. Yeah. He, he's, a, he's a pretty big shot. He's the, a big shot in the NFL. The guy circles. that's like 15 years younger than me. He's a lot more. He's probably 25 <laughs> years younger than me. Now it's settled down. He's the grandson of John McVeigh. John McVeigh died at the age of 91. John McVeigh was an old football guy himself. Okay. He was the Niners general manager who came in with a guy by the name of Bill Walsh. Heard of him. He was 22 years in San Francisco after coaching the Giants. He helped mold, count them, five Super Bowl teams with the 49ers. Wow. Five Super Bowl rings. Sean's grandpa, um, John McVay, was 91. And, and, a, and a little known note, people that are my age might remember the famous fumble the miracle in the Meadowlands. Do you have any idea of the of the Joe Pisarchik tried to hand off instead of going on one knee before they went on one knee and they downed the ball Did, to run out the clock? He tried to hand off went to Larry, the other way. Larry Zonka and Herman Edwards jumped over That's and right. grabbed the ball. The I've coach of that Giants team was John McVeigh. <laughs> there you go. Wow. Larry Zonka. Joe Pisarchik to Larry Zonka. Fumble. Herman Edwards. Touchdown. Herman Edwards. Win. Was he the coach at Arizona State who just he was. got fired? Yes, yeah. he's now going to be back on ESPN. I oh, he is. Yeah. You've got to play to win the game. <laughs> How'd that go at Arizona State? Did they listen? No. <laughs> they didn't? Okay. You have any more RIPs? No, you've it? got headlines. A woman known as Hope Kalungi is accused of smearing sedatives on her chest. Jesus. Seducing men. 
<laughs> and stealing their belongings after they pass out from said sedatives. Oh. Boy, did she ever make those men look like suckers. Kid Rock blasts Oprah. You see this? Kid Rock not happy with Oprah after she endorses a candidate in a key Senate race. This and more headlines from 1998 later in the show. Oprah. Air Force says... Later in the show. (laughs) Air Force. The Air Force says that the penis flight pattern by a pilot was a total accident. You know how they show the flight patterns? You can like... They they follow with it. Yeah. Totally a penis and then a couple... Yeah. Total accident. That's what the Air Force says. But I find that a little interesting considering the pilot is named Hugh G. Rection. That doesn't sound right to me. A Chinese rocket booster plummeted to Earth on Friday morning, falling into the Pacific Ocean. I was actually surprised to read this as all my fireworks worked perfectly on the 4th of July. And finally, a dispute <laughs> over a man possessing a sex toy, Uh-oh. his sex toy, yeah. turned violent and resulted in the, rest, the arrest of a woman for battering her boyfriend with the sex toy. Jesus. She can't possibly still be wondering why he would own one of those at this point, is she? That's it. That's all I got. Uh, yep. How much is the fender bender? Uh, $12,750. And still didn't find the wallet. And we still didn't find the wallet. And no one's used it. No one's used anything. It's just sitting somewhere in the rain. Just getting, yeah. Yeah, Have you ever lost, have you ever been so perplexed where you like look in the refrigerator or something? Like, (laughs) like, yeah. Like you wouldn't be surprised if you found it in a crisper drawer. Oh, yeah. Like that, that's where I'm at now. Yeah. I, I looked at, both garbage cans, recycling garbage, took everything out, hand smell, and I just was like, I could. There's no. But it's not your wallet; it's her wallet that's missing. Yeah, it's her wallet. But it's, it's been a bad few weeks for her. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> I, you're right. I texted her dad and asked if he wants her back. Like I can't take it anymore. God, God I hope sakes. you. I'm glad you weren't talking about the shotgun. Uh, <laughs> do you think, how do you think we got married? <laughs> Episode 213, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, in the books. <laughs>